Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? Welcome back to MCMF, the comic book podcast where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read said comics. My name is Marcus, Mr. Summers, if you are nasty. Joining me here on episode 49, the real one this time, because I've definitely called the last two episodes episode 49, uh, representing the interests of Sappho and the great state of Ohio. <laughs> it's Jesse. Hello, hello, hello. Hello again. Uh, it is Jesse, your resident lesbian correspondent for MCMF. Not actually talking about a gay book this time, but I love it all the same. One of the rare, I think this is maybe the least gay book that we've covered together. This, 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 might, this might be the straightest comic <laughs> that we have ever spoken about. That doesn't make it bad. I want to be it just very is. clear. It's just a heads up. The vibe is going to be a little different. A little, little different this time. Um, um, I do still want to marry She-Hulk, though, so there will still be a lot well, of this gay is, vibes. This is, um, I, I want to marry, like, everybody in this book. Yes. <laughs> maybe not Jack of Hearts. Maybe I see Jack. what she sees in here, but, like, maybe I, not Jack. But, like, the, the, the first page, like, the first people you see in this book are She-Hulk, or the issues we're covering are She-Hulk, Volcana, and Titania. <laughs> I did. I did have a moment when I turned that page. I was just like, "Oh, hi, <laughs> hello, everyone." A lot of legs. Also, also the thing. Not gonna lie. Also, uh, shout out, Big Ben. Shout out to Ben. Uh, so the issues we're covering are She-Hulk, uh, the Rainbow Rowl one uh, from 2022. Yes, this book gets uh, retitled into Sensational She-Hulk. So it yes. ends, but not really. Like, it's issue 15 ends, and then they took a month off and came back as Sensational She-Hulk. But they do legacy numbers. So this starts at issue 174. Gotcha. Uh, oh, I do see where it says legacy numbers. But mm-hmm. if you're counting with this one, it's also issues 11 through 15. Yes. Or so it's either 174 through whatever. or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a four-issue or five-issue story Uh Let's, I forgot what the actual title of it is. It's a girl can't help it. Uh, it's Jen's got her life back on track after a long time of not. Um, this this run did start to coincide with the with the TV show, which I'm sure we'll be referencing vaguely yep. throughout this entire. If you haven't seen the TV show yet and you care about spoilers, I'm going to be real honest. I'm just going to pepper them through this whole I can't imagine podcast. caring about... I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't not. Caring about spoilers for a sitcom is a dangerous way to live. We're going to be talking about She-Hulk having chemistry with people. We are going to bring up the fact that she fucked Matt Murdock in that TV show. We're yeah. going to. Yeah, if you didn't Bring know, it up now. If you there didn't you know, go. you know now. Um, they have more on-screen chemistry than anyone I've ever seen before in my life. Oh my. Well, here's the thing. That's because Charlie Cox truly is the Matt Murdock we deserve, who has the power yes. of looking like he's in love with whoever he's standing directly next to. I love it. I appreciate it. Reminder that Matt Murdock uses his powers to tell if women is women are into him or not, which is the funniest use of that power. Because Matt Murdock fucks. F- capital F. <laughs> capital F. 
constantly. Yeah, he's got I, a think, job I think I think Matt do. Murdock he gets laid more than almost any other Marvel character. I, I mean, can you think I of think. any other Marvel character who gets who probably gets more? Maybe Tony Stark if he's going through a bad time. Maybe. But but those aren't good situations. Yeah, I mean it's like <laughs> Tony by like sheer volume, I guess. Um, everybody yeah. else, you're playing for third place. Um, cause you know who's not getting fucked right now? She-Hulk. <laughs> at the start of this book, unfortunately, at the start of this book, no, she is not. Um, so yeah, issues eleven through fifteen. These are written by Rainbow Roll. Uh, Raul? Rowell? I have no idea. Uh, Rainbow. With, yeah, with art from Andres Genelé. Uh, covers by Jen Bartel, who. If you have been on uh, Twitter or is she still on Twitter? I can't remember. Um, I don't know. But at any point in the last few years, <laughs> you have probably seen a piece of Jen Bartel's art. She has done. She draws a lot of She-Hulk to the point where she got the job drawing her professionally for these. She's drawn yeah. a lot of Wonder Woman, uh, a lot of Tifa from Final Fantasy. A lot of Tifa. A lot, a lot of very sexy Tifa. A lot of very suggestive Aerith and Eventually. Tifa she promised years ago that she was going to release a not safe for work Final Fantasy VII zine, and I need her to follow through <laughs> and let me buy it <laughs> um, because I know it exists on her hard drive, and I need it, Jen Bartel. If you're listening, it will pay you. She has a very I love her art because it has like this really like incredible texture to it where you can look at it, mm -hmm. not see her signature on it and know that it's her. Yes. Um, like this first cover for issue 11, she did the cover and the little corner box, which I think is awesome. Um, yeah. That we're just bringing those back. It's such a thing that fell by the wayside. But like, if you look I at the, the way that, um, that Jen's arms are shaded here, um, or just the shading in general here, but it's especially noticeable on the arms. There is this texture that nobody else uses. I don't know. I, I feel like she must have made it herself because. Oh, she has to have the most impressive, like, digital brush collection that she's probably curated <laughs> over 10 years. Like, I she's cannot great. find anything that even starts to imitate it. Uh, nothing else looks like her art. Also, um, she draws a real hot She-Hulk. Just... <laughs> Gorgeous. Beautiful. Uh, built up, stacked up, et cetera, et cetera. Great head of hair. So yoked. <laughs> oh my God. Um, tall. Yeah. Very tall. And the other like signature of her art is the way she does lighting. Like yeah. she has these really like dramatic, you know, lights that hit everything, which I think rules. Um But yeah, this is the most recent set of issues or a completed run on this character. Um, the Also the first page when you turn like the, the title page uh, also an incredible piece of art. Cause Jen's wearing like this really great pantsuit. Uh, she looks like she's in a Prince video. They describe it uh, in an earlier issue as uh, she goes back to an apartment she used to live in and all of her old clothes for She-Hulk are still there, like the ones that fit She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. And they described that era as her, and I quote, glam phase. And everyone is so excited that she has re like regained the glam phase wardrobe. She is wearing... And God, she wears the hell out of it. She's wearing so much jewelry. She's wearing 
like no less than four bracelets, uh, two gold chains. She's got this shit on. She's got an expensive looking belt. <laughs> it's she. She always wears like purple pantsuits, and it's oh, I'm obsessed. It's a great way to I'm keep obsessed. like the uh, to keep like the Hulk color palette there, like to invoke it without it being um, being like overt. Yeah, she doesn't wear a superhero outfit for the entirety of at least this story. I think the whole run. I don't think she does the whole run. She's wearing suits or like, as we see on the very first page of this, uh, a tied off T-shirt and shorts. (laughs) Yep. Just wonderful. Do we want to give a quick summary of how we got to this point? So I think it's going to be necessary. Yeah, I mean, none of you are gonna know who Jack of Hearts is, and we need to tell you. So, yeah, let's uh, let's just read what it says on the little blurb here. Previously, perfect. Things are looking up for Jen Walters, aka She-Hulk. She has a steady job, superb friends, and a caring boyfriend, Jonathan Hart, aka Jack of Hearts. The only catch: Jack has the powers of a nuclear reactor, and he could be a danger to Jen if he touches her. Back when they were on the Avengers together, Jack accidentally drained and destabilized Jen's gamma radiation. They started dating at a time when Jack was without his powers, and now that he's unexpectedly regained them, Jack, uh, Jen and Jack are on rocky footing as they figure out how to navigate their relationship. Good thing Jen started a fight club with Titania where she can blow off steam. So who is Jack Great. of Hearts, people maybe? So ask. who is Jack of Hearts? Does anyone remember <laughs> that zombie that blew up the Avengers Mansion that one time. Remember when we read Children's Crusade two years ago, and we're like, "Oh yeah, Jack of Hearts is here. He's a zombie." That's all. We, that's all either of us knew about Jack of Hearts before. Like, I literally never bothered to even Google him. Because I was just like, "He's a dude you? who exploded." He's a guy. Who Wanda. That's Wanda it. reanimates his corpse, sends him up to the Avengers Mansion, makes him blow up, and in the process, kills Ant Man. But Ant-Man was then later rescued through time shenanigans because Kang and uh, because yeah. Kang so, was trying to impress Ant-Man's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Kang was a teenager at the time as well. He, he was record. 16 at the time. <laughs> it, was, it was Iron Lad. It, it's okay. Uh, I mean, it's bad, but it's Dry. okay. Uh, but, but I never thought of Jack of Hearts again. Never. Literally <laughs> never <laughs> reconsidered. <laughs> until uh at the very end of the very first issue of this book like someone's knocking at jen's apartment door and she's at her door and she opens the door and she's like jack of hearts and then i was like oh right that guy here's the thing and then they proceed the things we just told you and he looks like a young roddy piper that's that's it Um, no, no, no. There's one other very key thing we need to talk about what Jack of Hearts looks like. Literally half of his body is, like, solid black. And I don't mean black as in, like, race. I mean, like, the color. Yeah. The lack of color, like, black. And he has a pink tattoo. He keeps mentioning that he did this on purpose yeah, he for did a this vibe. Himself. Like, the, I'm pretty sure the the black skin is because he's half alien, yes. and it's literally like a vertical line from the top of his head, like all the way down his body. Like one of his arms is black, one of his legs is black, half of his face is black, and then he has a pink tattoo over his eye on the black side of his face that's shaped like a heart. 
it is literally he's like well um i looked like a playing card and my name is jack hart so i decided to embrace it lean into it at that point he leaned in you don't have a choice but to lean into it when the universe hands you that on a silver platter you might as well like ben grimm they just call him the thing Poor Ben. He's like the nicest man in the Marvel universe. And they and call he gets his called ass the, the thing. thing. It's because Reed Richards is a fucking piece of shit. Reed Richards, known cock, said, hey. We will we will be slandering Reed Richards for the entirety of this Reed episode, Richards by the way. Had the he said, I will be Mr. Fantastic. My best friend, Ben, you are the thing. <laughs> fucking asshole okay read anyway um so jack of hearts and jen for the majority of this book up until now had a rogue and gambit style well they won't they very rogue and gambit well because it's like he's like i almost did like a rogue voice for it he's like uh no jennifer if i touch you it will it'll destabilize you and it'll absorb all your gamma radiation I can't do it. And she's like, oh, Jack, uh, whatever shall I do? That's it. That's the first 10 issues of this fucking book. (laughs) Also, he shows up at her doorstep and he's just like, hi, my powers don't super work right now. And she's like, what do you mean? Because the thing about his powers of the nuclear reactor is that he absorbs nuclear radiation like ambiently all the time. Or he can also just like stand at ground zero bomb and like absorb the whole thing. Totally. He's fine. He's indestructible. He normally can't eat or sleep or drink anything, or, like, really enjoy life. And typically, he would get, like, too full of radiation. You have to, like, fly up to space and, like, shoot it at the sun and then come back or, like, hang out in an isolation chamber that Tony Stark built him. Because, of course, Tony Stark would just be like, your solution is to be in fucking solitary confinement for half of the day every day. That's how we make sure you don't kill people. Tony Stark. Is a cop. Is a dipshit. So he is just like, my powers don't super work right now. And she's just like, does that mean we can fuck? <laughs> and eventually the answer is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, they make out for like 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. They literally say like one hour, like, like 30 minutes later, 30 minutes, 30 minutes later. Like, forever. It's absurd. And it's literally like no one's clothes have even come off. They, it is just making out. Mouth stuff. And then they fuck. Also, he has to wear this suit that contains his powers so that he does not irradiate the people around him and like give them super mega cancer. Jesse, and tell so the people what the suit, suit looks like. All the time. Suit is the stupidest <laughs> fucking suit I've ever suit seen like. in my life. I literally, I can't even remember how horrible it is. I have to like find a page. Imagine to a, describe it. it. Listener, in your mind, imagine a playing card. Imagine a jack on a playing card. That is literally the fucking suit he wears. Actually, do you know what he looks like? Do you know what he looks like? Hmm. He looks like a summon from a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yes. It's very, like, Egyptian, too. For some reason, there's a lot of gold and red, and it's it's either supposed to be black or blue. I can't really tell. It's like there are hearts all over it. It's literally heart of the cards. He's heart of the cards. Like, 
you you've activated my trap card jack of hearts is here (laughs) that is what he looks like it's that's (laughs) anyway he admits that like he basically hadn't taken the suit off for like 10 years or something (laughs) he must have how much dead skin was in it one time i had a cast on my leg because i broke my ankle and when the cast came off i took a loofah to my leg because there was like eight thousand layers of dead skin this man hasn't changed his clothes in 10 years that's so bad (laughs) that means that he didn't fuck anyone for like a whole decade they clarify that he that like he had fucked people before but also that was like it was before he had superpowers when he was like a freshman in college, which is never good sex. Well, like, which means Jen was doing most of the work. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they did fuck. They had a really great time. And then literally the day afterward, like they fuck and then they go about their very next day and their very next day ends in him getting his powers back. <laughs> Unfortunately, and Jen in turns this to the fucking the, turns to the camera and is like, "You beautiful, <laughs> you motherfuckers! I can't believe you guys did this shit to me again." <laughs> if you have not read any She-Hulk comics and you haven't seen the show, one thing we should mention about She-Hulk is that she was breaking the fourth wall literally years before Deadpool ever did. She was Deadpool before Deadpool was Deadpool, but she is funnier she than he turn is. Turn to the turn to the camera and curse the name of John Byrne. She was. <laughs> Like she, she na- she knows who writes her. She yes. knows who her artists are, and she knows us. And she hadn't done that for the first like nine issues of the book. She hadn't done a single it's turn a really to panel moment. And I thought that they just weren't doing that in this book. And then Jack is literally like, "Jen, I'll save you. I'll absorb this energy." And she turns to the camera and she rips down the page. <laughs> and she literally says, "She doesn't swear, but it's what she was intending." So what she basically says is like. Do you think I can't follow a fucking narrative after all this time? You gave me something. You gave me something good. And now you're about to take it away. How fucking dare you assholes? And um, that's exactly what happened. Listener, that is exactly what happened. Because he got all his powers back. And that meant that now if he touches Jen, he's going to like absorb her radiation and destabilize her and send her on a violent rampage that destroys the Midwest or... So they can't fuck anymore. And she is not enthused. So she is now. And that's what you missed on Glee. (laughs) So now to open this issue, uh, Jen and Titania and Volcana and the thing are about to have a brawl in like a fucking abandoned construction site. Because they started a fight club. In the when they retitled it to Sensational, it's now called Punch Club, which is, I think, funnier. Yeah, and it's because uh, the reason it's called Punch Club is because had to leave when they were planning the jacket orders, mm-hmm. and the thing really wanted to call it either Clobberin' Club or Punch Club, and Jen was not, not there to veto him. <laughs> That's why it's called Punch Club, because they order the jackets, and right as they're about to order the jackets, she's gotta go. Uh and they so, have silk jackets, like the pink ladies from Greece. Yes, I was like, it's very... It's like punch club on the back. Hand-embroidered satin. Uh, yeah, they're just fighting at a fucking construction site. Uh, Titania goes to pick up, like, a the piece of the ground, and Volcano looks at her and goes, you wouldn't. She says, I definitely would. And in, in the panel below, 
are New York City's Mayor Luke Cage and his best friend, Danny Rand. (laughs) And they're introduced as, and I quote, the peanut gallery. They are not part of Punch Club. They are not allowed to fight in Punch Club. They are just here to watch. Luke really wants to be in Punch Club. (laughs) And no one will tag him in. He's yelling like, somebody tag me in. And no one will tag him in. And Danny's just standing there like, why am I here? Uh, yeah, Volcano's like, I'm not fighting the mayor. Also, who invited the mayor? <laughs> uh, and uh, Ben goes, I vouch for Luke. Luke vouches for Danny. That's why they're here. Uh, Jen's alone goes off it. and she's got to go. And he, <laughs> Ben goes, you got to go. I haven't, haven't even had the chance to hit you yet. She's like, that's on you, buddy. <laughs> Like, they fought for, like, three pages, and he did not land a hit. That is, in fact, a skill issue. <laughs> she packed him up. He says, you got a big case or something? No, wait, you got a big date, don't you? When are we going to meet this mystery man of yours? She says, Who, Who says, says you've never met? <laughs> because all of these people have met Jack of Hearts. Also, I should mention, Jack of Hearts was on the Avengers in, like, 2003. <laughs> he was on the Avengers for, like, years. Multiple years, but he's, in fact, early, very early in the comic, he makes he makes a joke at, uh, at uh, She-Hulk. He's like, "Listen, not all of us can be B-list superheroes, Jen." Like it is a book predicated on you not knowing or giving a shit who this guy is. That's pretty funny, objectively. Uh, one of uh, one of She-Hulk's best friends is Patsy Walker Hellcat, and Hellcat shows up pretty frequently throughout the book. And for the first like. 10 issues jen's subtly asking her like hey you're fucking tony stark can you like sneak into avengers mansion and steal me the sh- the file on jack of hearts i like i'm curious and she's like what are you working on a case who Something the like fuck that. has thought about jack of hearts in years she's literally like why do you care about jack of hearts <laughs> who gives a shit about who remembers jack of hearts she says this constantly <laughs> which is a crazy thing for patsy walker hellcat to say <laughs> glass houses and stones like patsy girl hey at least she had her own book at one point true title she did have a book with her own name yeah. on the title apparently she was put into a coma halfway through that book i heard that the original like that the author didn't even know that they were gonna do that in a crossover and she's like what the fuck am i doing for the rest of this book but uh Anyway, Jack of Hearts never got his own book because he's Jack of Hearts. What no else, one gives a shit. What else would he do? What What do you do in a Jack of Hearts book? Uh, uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> your silence is deafening. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyway, Titania throws another rock and... Uh, crushes the thing and volcano What's yeah, Volcan- volcano. yeah there are too many people here made of rocks <laughs> uh and so when luke uh when luke realizes that jen is leaving he's like hey somebody tag me in please god <laughs> he's itching he's like on fire trying to get in uh and danny says hey man i'm just here to watch i'm not paying for no jacket which is crazy because Danny is rich. So Jen walks back into her apartment and calls out to Jack, who tells her that he's in the kitchen. As she walks in, like in the panel under that, uh, he's uh, she says his name again, and 
there's little hearts around the bubble. Which is adorable. This poor man, I say poor man because he's cooking dinner, which is wild because with his powers, it's like um, it's like the Pirates of the Caribbean where the food turns to ash in his mouth. <laughs> um, he can't enjoy anything. He can't eat anything. Uh, he doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't need to drink anything. And he spent the first 10 issues just eating everything in sight and sleeping constantly and wearing fuzzy sweaters because he didn't have to wear his disgusting smelling suit anymore. He wore a big, and he wore a, like a shirt, like an oversized shirt with a heart on it for like the first nine issues of this book. And he borrowed from Jen and she kept saying like, give me back to my sweater. And he's like, no, it's my sweater now. <laughs> and like, it was so cute. And even though he can't taste or eat the food anymore, he loves cooking. And so he still wants to cook her dinner. And honestly, it's so sad because I think about myself and I'm just like, what if I literally couldn't enjoy food? What if I couldn't sleep? I might go crazy. Yeah. What a sad way to live. Anyway, he's a sad boy now. He used to be a very happy boy. He's a very sad boy now, he which asks, means I love him. <laughs> he asks uh, Jen about her gamma monitor and she, he's just like, Oh, no, I just, I don't wear it all day. And she puts it on her shirt, and the way this is framed is 100% on purpose, where it just looks like Jack <laughs> just staring at her titties. Because he is. <laughs> also, it's hard not to stare at She-Hulk's titties. They're at eye level. <laughs> She's six foot five. Also, he's probably tall, but, like, Jen's she's tall. over seven feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's probably a, he, he looks like a short king in comparison, and I guarantee he's average height. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, yeah, there's been no change in my gamma radiation for three months. He's like, okay, I'll meet you in the living room. I gotta go check out the garlic bread. And Chen just looks depressed about it. I know. Also, wild that it's been three months. They have been living together. They haven't touched each other that, in three months. And he's so paranoid that he's going to be, like, stealing her gamma radiation that she wears this gamma monitor all the time. And, like, they haven't even, like, held hands. Yeah. We're in three months. It's insane. Yeah. She says, uh, she, he eats the, uh, the bread and she goes, are you getting anything out of that? And he says, not exactly at all. Maybe some texture. It's got a good crumb. I think I store the radiation in my taste buds, or do I denature the food as soon as it gets in me? This poor boy. <laughs> and then they have this absolutely depressing conversation where she's like, Jack, you don't have to eat for my sake. And he says, I'm doing it for my sake, for our sake. It's something we can do together. Plus, I like to cook. And he literally says, no, Jennifer, don't make me. I just, I don't want to give this up. Okay. Because they're using this as a metaphor for their relationship. Yep. Uh, she goes, okay, let's have dinner. And she puts his, she puts her hand on his leg, and he's like, that's not. She's like, it's fine. Your suit is a shield. And she looks at him, tears in her eyes, and says, Jack, please, don't make me give this up. They are interrupted by a ringtone of Vivaldi's Four Seasons, which is Jen's ringtone for the Fantastic Four. Incredible bit. It's a really good bit. And, uh, and she is literally wiping tears from her eyes as she answers the phone. 
And Reed's like, hey, uh, can we get your help tonight? Ben said you had a date. And she says, no, yeah, I can be there. She says, if you're busy, I can try Tony. She's like, no, no. This is no need. I'm your man. <laughs> Jen goes Which, to yeah. a, a later... Uh, it says later that night at a secret government laboratory. Two secrets to tell you about. Jen is there uh, in a leather jacket <laughs> hanging out with Sue Storm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Sue goes, Ben says you're seeing someone. She says, terrible gossips. All four of you. <laughs> and then Sue's like, what else are we supposed to do when we're stuck in the negative zone? Which is a very good point. It's extremely good. You know, we all just want you to be happy. I always hope it'll work out with Wyatt, uh, who is. Do you want to talk about Wyatt, or we gonna skip over? I can remember who Wyatt is. I don't know who Wyatt is. He seems unimportant. He's one of Johnny's friends. He's a. Is it fucking? Yeah, he's one of Johnny's friends. Don't worry too much about it. He's. I never bothered to care. He's a dude named Wyatt who Jen used to date. Yep. Cool. Yeah, he's a Lee Kirby character. Don't think too hard about it. Oh, gotcha. That's why he still exists. Okay. Um, But I love what Sue says immediately after this because it's every single, everyone knows a guy like this. Uh, Sue's just like, bring your new flame by some night. I'll cook. And Reed has invented this board game. <laughs> and, uh... She-Hulk asks, what kind of board game? And Sue says, I've never actually made it through the rules. I just roll the dice and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. sure. Which, whom whomst among us has not been invited to a board game night from someone who's, like, way too obsessed with board games that spends an entire hour explaining the rules and you really only get, like, two of them. You don't understand how anything works. And then you spend, like, four hours playing. I feel like... My husband invented a board game is a code for we are trying polyamory. <laughs> Namor has been spending a lot of time at the Baxter building. <laughs> hey, we just want a convenient excuse to get you to clear your schedule and come hang out. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet you are. I bet you are. So anyway, they literally leave She-Hulk in this hallway. This is... I'm going to say, from, like, a plot setup perspective, this is such a fucking hysterically, like, plain <laughs> setup. It's literally like, hi, She-Hulk. We've had some break-ins. Um, I am going to go patrol a different location of the building. All four of the Fantastic Four members are, like, going to be in different spots. So, like, you don't have backup. You're just in this hallway. It's going to be really boring. Don't fall asleep. Uh, and you're on guard duty all night. Have fun. Bye. Jim. That's literally the premise closes her eyes for like a second yawns and goes hey what the fuck <laughs> like hey there's a dude walking by me and actively breaking into the door and he, also the way she confronts him hysterical she's like can I help you he says nope <laughs> got it <laughs> He's like dude I need you to fucking put your ha- I need you to put your hands in the air he says yeah no but uh, I promised myself I'd get in and get out you know she goes hey he says she-Hulk, are you going to make this difficult? It's for you? For you? Very. For me? Not so much. Last chance, pal. I mean it. You seem like you mean it. <laughs> I'm getting a very serious vibe from you right now. Oh, She-Hulk. She puts a hand on his arm, and he's like, I was really hoping... He's... Like, I, I'm not going to just say that I wasn't hoping you were going to do that, because I really was. And then he judo throws her. <laughs> and she tosses off her leather jacket, 
this is this is a crazy poll, I think. Do you remember did you ever play Banjo Kazooie as a kid? I did not. Okay. Um for those of you that uh have she looks like the game over screen when Gruntilda gets in the machine that makes her hot. I'm sure some people understand that reference. <laughs> uh, please hold. Uh, while he's looking for inevitably a screenshot of that game, uh, she throws up a leather jacket and goes to punch him. It should be mentioned. I know this is a superhero comic and it should be like assumed at all times, but I looked at this and I was like, I feel like they made this man really hot on purpose. Like hotter than a normal enemy that you would find in like a superhero comic. Like everyone, this is a bit from the Gwenpool comic, a fantastic comic, by the way. Everyone should read it. Where she's like, "Hi, I'm in the comic book universe," which means everyone is a certain baseline of hot. She was so happy. She's like, "Oh my god, I got dropped into a Marvel comic. I'm automatically hotter than I ever was in my like <laughs> regular before times life. Like everyone is medium hot at the lowest." But this guy, it's like actually hot. He's got a mask and he's got like a spandex suit. It's baby blue. Oh my god, she does look exactly <laughs> like the game on the screen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but um, he's he's honestly, you know what? I'm getting Nightwing vibes. It's ve- it's very Nightwing. He poses. This is just, nice. but like, wait, if you had the Nightwing costume, but you replaced all the black with white. Yes. Um, And the mask was a little bigger with a little gold detail. Boom. Nightwing. Like big Nightwing vibes. And he anyway, starts flirting with her. Uh, instantly. Cause he steals what he gets in there to get whatever he's going for. And uh, she throws him back out. They fight. And he goes, all right, little Miss Hulk, I can make time for you. Not much time, but, and they, you know, trade some punches. He goes, you're very good at this. No, thank you. No returning the compliment. She's like, sorry, I don't banter with strangers. He says, that's too bad. I'll bet you're really good at that part, too. It's like, dude, <laughs> put your fucking dick away. He's like getting really up in her personal space. But the thing is, in any... This is something that, like, I really appreciate Rainbow Rowell for this, because I feel like in the hands of the vast majority, let me rephrase, in the hands of male comic book writers, this would probably come across as really creepy, like really very creepy. But it is, listener, it is not. I was reading it and I was like, Oh, she's into this. Yeah. She doesn't want to be, but like, it's like the flirting is working. She takes the mask off and she's, he goes, hi. And she's like fucking mad about it. And then he pushes like, her out of a window. It's hysterical. Well, she says, and no more masks. And he says, hi. And he's got like this winning smile and she screams. She's like, Arr! and he's like, bye. And he throws her out a six story window. And she's like, who does he think he is? Who? is he and that's how issue 11 ends yep as she crashes to the pavement with some very shocked looking security personnel yeah, around her whoop she hulks fucking ass i know they're just like Aw. uh this is so issue 12 is also legacy issue 175 so the fact that she hulk is a character that's existed since the 80s and has just now hit issue 175 
is a crime. Is a crime. For comparison, I'll bring this up every chance I get. Tim Drake's 1993 solo series ran for 183 <laughs> And She-Hulk by almost a full decade. That's- also, he had 183 consecutive. Yes. It, like, they didn't take any time off. She-Hulk has had, like, time between books. Right. Like, Tim Drake had a monthly That's for a decade and a half. The current run of Nightwing is almost is over 110 now, I think. Yes, but let's be honest. The first <laughs> 80 or so issues are not worth reading. No, no, no. Here's the thing. The first 50 issues of that book are fine. Oh, you're right. I forgot. They actually are fine. Once you get to Rick, we can't talk about Rick. <laughs> if you want to hear more about Rick Grayson, listen to Splash Pages Episode 3. Everybody hates Rick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next issue, Jen is as normal Jen and not She-Hulk, which is always like throws me off because if they didn't put the panel that says this is She-Hulk here, I wouldn't you wouldn't know it's her. Okay, you would know it's her because she's wearing the baggiest clothes on the face of the planet, and it's because they're obviously like eight thousand sizes too big for her. Yeah. Because they're She-Hulk clothes. Uh, she later explains the reason that she's small is because she had a client meeting that was like a fancy lawyer client meeting that was in this very very teeny tiny restaurant in Manhattan where they have to like I don't know if anybody's been to one of those restaurants where they have to like pull the table away from the wall so you can like go back and sit and then they push it back in, but. I recently went on a vacation to like Manhattan and like over Christmas. And I went to multiple restaurants where it was just a common thing. It's like, we have such little space. The waiter will physically move the table and then like box you in with the table. And she's like, they didn't have a chair large enough for She-Hulk. So I had to be Jen. That's why my clothes are huge. That's, I didn't think that was a real thing. New York feels No, like- they were not kidding. Oh, they absolutely were not kidding. That happened to me multiple times because the places are so tiny. Like, like, if you're going to a booth, the tables are so close together that, like, your ass would be in someone's plate if you tried to shimmy by. So they, like, scoop the table out. That's crazy. Um, I know. I live in But Las also, Vegas, I love New York. I love New Earth. York. Oh. <laughs> that was- is such a fake place. I'll say, Vegas is, like, deeply not a real place. New York seems more fake. New York seems more made up. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. The New York of Marvel Comics, a very different New York than the real New York. Um, But also, quick plug, New York City, um, your subway is maybe the best thing that man has ever created. And I I need everyone to know how obsessed I am with the subway system in New York City. I was there for eight days, and I rode the subway like four times a day every single day, and it was the best thing I've ever done in my life. (laughs) 10 out of 10. What a Love it. Functional public Also, it doesn't smell bad. It doesn't smell bad if you wear a mask huh. so you don't get COVID. You don't even notice if it possibly smells weird. Does it smell weird? Most likely. Did I smell anything? No. So, it was great. Love it. Um, also, She-Hulk spends so much time in Central Park. Dude, she's in Central Park, I feel like, every three issues. Well, she has, oh, we should mention, she has this fancy penthouse apartment that was given to her by uh, Janet Van Dyne, uh, the Wasp, who is one of, she's so... She's so fun in this book. She's 
she's so rich that she just like has spare penthouse apartments that she forgets about. She's like, oh yeah, Jen, you lived here before. Uh, all your clothes are still in there. I never moved my shit back in. I forgot. Yeah, I owned it actually. Yeah. She's like, and then you mentioned that you were like homeless, and I remembered. Oh my god, you used to live here. I should just let you move back in. Jen rules. I feel like Jen is more fun as like the rich friend or who like is maybe bankrolling some shit than she was like as a hero. And that's not to knock on Jen as the wasp. I just think that what they do with her now is so much more fun. I love that she's a fashion designer where all of her fashions show up in other books. It's one of my favorite things when little stuff like that shows up everywhere because, for example, in Rainbow, actually, you know what? Rainbow must love Jan because in um her Runaways book, Carolina Dean is oh constantly wearing Janet Van Dyne clothes. Oh my god! Like and they say Van Dyne all over all the time. She's always wearing like Lululemon style sportswear. That's like athleisure that says Janet Van Dyne all over them. Like I completely forgot about that. I mean, uh, I didn't because uh, I'm obsessed with a bunch of the covers by Chris Anka because they're very hot. What's that? Jesse's really paying a lot of attention to these Carolina Dean covers. Go back and listen to Marcus's episode about the Runaways because I lost my shit for the entire time that that episode was airing. That it was the, it was very good. The devil works hard, but Chris Anka works harder. Nobody. Great. <laughs> Chris Anka is coming out with a new miniseries set in the same universe as his, not even a one-shot, two-shot uh, creator-owned book called The White Trees. It's a sequel to that. The White Trees was written by Chip Zdarsky and drawn by Chris Anka, and it is about high fantasy setting where just gay men fuck all the time. And uh, there is a, it's been four years, there is now a sequel miniseries and it looks like it's about lesbians. It comes out in May. I don't remember what it was called, but if you just look up that, pre-order it. They deserve your money. It's probably going to be really hot. It's pretty good. Anyway. Jen meets but, like Jack in the park. Uh, Jack, you know, just like <laughs> hanging out in these big hoodies. He's taken a liking to wearing like sweatpants and big hoodies over his suit that he has to wear all the time. Yeah, which, God, it, I really hope that when he got to take it off for that brief period of time, I really hope he washed it. I would assume so. He probably thought about burning it. Uh, he's going. <laughs> he's going back to school, uh, and Jen asks him, "How was class?" He says, "I didn't go." We should mention he is a poetry major. Because of course he is. Because of course the because guy course who gets a heart tattooed on his face because his last name is Hart and he looks like a playing card is a poet. Uh, he's like, you know, they're all so much younger than me. They're all poetry majors, so it's like nonstop feelings. She's like, but don't you love feelings? And he's like, well, I, I think I did. I don't Maybe know if I do anymore. Maybe only in the abstract. She's like, isn't all poetry abstract? <laughs> and she tries to quote a poem to him that he read to her to, like, make him feel better. And I don't remember... <laughs> The specifics, but like it's a Mary. I don't remember the title, but it's a Mary Oliver poem, and it's the one that starts with "You don't have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert." And then he cuts her out. Oh, he cuts her off. Yeah, 
and he says that he's taking a break from poetry, uh, which is so sad. It's actually pretty funny because um, when you Google that poem, he, like she asked where he went, he said New Mexico. When you Google that poem, the first result, at least for me, because uh, that poem is called Wild Geese. Um, oh, yes, I am familiar. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but the first result for me was from the University of New Mexico. Uh, and so Jen goes back to work and oh he's in New Mexico because he's absorbing nuclear waste yeah he's Uh, like I could do some good if I just like ate all of their radiation and then shot it into the sun then they're not radioactive anymore and she's like you don't have to be of service to other people and he's just like what else am I going to do with my life Jen what else is there for me to do he's depressed he's very sad uh, yeah, it's not going well. Jen goes back to the book law office where she works, and the fucking superior foes of Spider-Man are here. <laughs> also, every single time we have a shot of Jen walking into her office, it's always very, very, very crowded. It's full of potential super-powered clients, and every single time, it's nothing but villains and Spider-Woman. <laughs> every time, Spider-Woman is here. What the fuck is Jessica? What is she up to that she needs a lawyer this bad? (laughs) Also, the the supervillains are here for like paternity cases. Yeah, like they're here for like civil law, like parking tickets. (laughs) Someone's getting evicted. (laughs) Like it's 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 for chill stuff. But if they turned these people down, no one else. Is gonna take your case if you're the rhino they're not gonna take the rhino's fucking unlawful termination suit <laughs> it's <laughs> just like take the vulture's <laughs> workman's comp case <laughs> so also um the paralegal at this place is an android uh named awesome andy his head is shaped like a cinder block and he speaks by, he has this little like chalkboard tied around his neck. And I don't know if it's implied that he's writing these things or if it's a magic chalkboard where his thoughts just appear it's on like the a, chalkboard. It, yeah. He like set, like thinks or says something quote unquote, and it appears on the board. Uh, okay. That makes sense. That's how he talks. Everyone loves him. And he's also dating Mallory book who is their boss. the, uh, her boss, the the owner of the practice. Uh, and so Jen walks in and meets their client, a man named Christopher Mason. And she, uh, Mallory's like, Jen's got extensive experience with the government. The feds are trying to keep him from making a living from his inventions. Uh, and he's like, it's hey. unjust. It's anti-capitalist. And she says, you work with General Just- Ross? He says, briefly, uh, in a limited manner. I did all my inventing on my own time, or at least in my own head. And Jen points at it and goes, is this Hulkbuster technology? And he says, no, that's the bulk hustler. <laughs> the strongest rope known to man. I invented it myself. He says, bulk hustler? Yes, for when you have an extreme amount of bulk to be hustled. He's doing this. Because he wants to go on Shark Tank. He needs to prove that he owns, quote unquote, owns the ideas. <laughs> go on Shark Tank and sell it to Home Depot. He's trying to get a mark. He's trying to get a loan from Mark Cuban. 
And let me tell so you. So he can sell the strongest rope known to man. Let me tell you something. You're not nearly Eastern European enough to get any money out of goddamn Mark Cuban. Call back with a real fake Slovenian name and we'll talk. Oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, uh, Jen snatches the rope out of Mallory's hand. Mallory. Just like, we are not taking this case. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, Jen storms out and Mallory's like, he's offering us a five percent ownership plus a one dollar royalty <laughs> and jen slams the door it says andy who's my next appointment and then her phone rings again and this is where it's revealed because before it was just like oh that's the ringtone for the fantastic four but they don't tell you what it is and this is where it's revealed that it's vivaldi's four seasons and uh she's been trying to call reed for the last however long and uh she's like reed i thought you were never gonna call me back and she's he's like yeah sue said i had to and he was like <laughs> Also, he's introduced as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Not so fantastic at phone calls. Also, this is where we slander Reed Richards. Because he answers the phone and he's like, yeah, Sue said I had to call you back. He's like, what Jen. the fuck, man? You hired her for a job. You called her for a job. She got thrown out a six-story window and then you didn't call her back? Uh, Bitch! <laughs> yeah, dickhead. He says, uh... We put together a team. She's like, well, I should be on that team. How, why would we assign you to the team when you're the one person we know he can trounce? She says, trounce is a strong word. And he says, if you're looking for a pleasant distraction, I've invented a board game. I have to go, Reed. Thanks for calling me back. And then she thinks about it and calls Ben. <laughs> and she says, Benji, where's it going down tonight? I've got itchy knuckles. And he says, I'll send you a pin. <laughs> He just immediately tells her where to go. Yeah. Also, I love that he calls her Jen. Because he's a real one. Yes, and she calls him Benji. Very good. Um, I love them. Apparently, She-Hulk was on the Fantastic Four for yes, some period of time. Was. But, dear listener, I have never given a shit about the Fantastic Four ever in my life. There's... The only thing the Fantastic Four I have ever cared about is Doom. Specifically, Doom is the only reason that I give a shit. And other than that, uh, I like the thing. Uh, yeah. I really want Johnny Storm to be gay. That's really it. <laughs> to the extent of my opinions. Uh, Jen is in the Fantastic Four uh, for like 30 issues or something like that. Like it's a Jesus, that's a long time. Long time. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, like is she ben replacing like in... Visible woman or something? I think she should, I think she replaces Ben. Oh, that would make sense. She has to be the bruiser. Yeah. Um, okay. That that tracks. Anyway, wild, but she's like very tight with the Fantastic Four yeah. still. Um the Fantastic Four are funny because at any given time, uh they'll just cycle them out for like four completely different characters. <laughs> But they're very clear there can only be four. Yeah. <laughs> they, they never add a fifth. If there's a fifth person, they have to get rid of one of them. Uh, or they change the name of the group for a while. Uh, there's the period where Did, uh, where when uh, when Johnny was dead, Peter Parker joins the fucking... They're, they're the Johnny people. was dead? Johnny dies for a while, yeah. Um, Wild. Uh, I think it's... Gary would know um, when it happens. Uh... Gary, message me after you hear this and tell me when Johnny died. P- 
Peter joins the the group for a while. Then Johnny comes back, and Peter's out of the group. There's a point where I swear I remember this, where Ghost Rider is in the Fantastic Four. I'm sorry, I almost shot whiskey out my nose. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I think after Civil War, there's a point where Johnny or not Johnny, uh, Reed and Sue have to go like work on their relationship. So Black Panther and Storm take their place. The better married couple. Still doomed, but they, you know what? They were more willing to accept that it was over and actually divorce versus Reed and Sue. Mm, that's been. I don't like Reed Richards. Uh, I don't. She should be free of him. Listen, I don't love Sue Storm either, but no one should be married to Reed Richards. Fuck. Except, quick thing, quick thing. They did They did cast Pedro Pascal. Oh. So I am very suddenly very invested Vanessa in the success Kirby of this Fantastic like, Four. Vanessa Kirby looks like they, drew, like they drew Sue Storm with a pencil that comes to life. She does, in <laughs> fact, look like that. Um, also, I really, I think that Pedro is going to do a really good job of being a very likable piece of shit yeah I'm, he's a good um, actor so it'll work uh yeah he is wonderful also they cast literally the perfect person to play ben um i forget his name but they got the guy from the bear yeah, he's rich who has the bear. he got they got richie from the bear and you know what 10 out of 10 a plus casting yeah he's the first Love jewish it. guy to ever play ben which is crazy. Which is insane. He's, he's Marvel's most. Pro- he's maybe the. He's one of the most he's, prominent. He's Jewish he's like I'd say either number two or number three of like the most Jewish Marvel character ever it's behind like, Magneto. It's like Magneto, Kitty Pride, Ben Grimm, and they're all roughly tied. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, like he wears a yarmulke constantly. Uh, In a bunch of I different mean, like every time there's like a holiday promo he's always like, poster they always throw him in the back with the yarmulke um and then depending on the writer peter parker <laughs> that is, that's where you are the expert and i am not uh, when when uh like an ultimate universe or the original ultimate universe um bendis very wrote him very like he's constantly talking in yiddish love it um, we love that anyway Jen, in a very tasteful tracksuit, uh, goes to where the Fantastic Four are meeting up. So he jumps over the fence, and he goes, oh, hey, it's you. And pulls his mask off, and smiles. So, you know, I was looking for you inside. Because she's already seen him without a mask, so, like, why does he care? And she does this double take where, like, her head's all blurry, like, she's like, why were you, whatever you're here to steal, I can't let you get away with it. Like, she doesn't know what's going on. She's not in the loop. She's not informed about what's going on. She's just like, you're here. You're obviously stealing something. And he's just like, I already stole it. Look. And he like holds it up. He's it's very playing it on a game show. It, and she literally says, drop that. Put your hands in the air. And he says, drop it. You don't know what this is, do you? And she's like, anyone's not yours? He says, oh, this is so difficult. He makes, like, a really crazy face here. Like, 
the way his hand is positioned, it's like he's like he wants to make a real vulgar gesture. Oh my god! Get your head out of the gutter. It's what he looks like. I'm sorry. He looks like he would. Okay, you're you're kind of right though. He it looks like he would do that. Like, <laughs> but honestly, yeah, he would without he's talking. But then he responds with, "So difficult." On the one hand, they've already sent the dogs and helicopters after me. On the other, I really want to dance with you again. And she goes, that wasn't and a dance. He says, oh, he's sweet like, Pete. Oh, sweet Pete. That was a waltz. Let me just and he's like, sit this down. And he's like, I'm all yours. Like, he puts the thing he's stealing down. He could have run. But he's like, he puts it down. And he's just like, I'm all yours. And she immediately punches him in the face so hard it looks like his jaw has dislocated. And he responds but it hasn't. back. Like, it's like he rolled a reaction. It just um, and he kicks her, her in the gut. Yeah, and she's like, she's like, what are you? And he's like, obviously, I'm a thief. He's like, well, what makes you so strong? <laughs> Not just strong, invulnerable, powerful beyond belief. Says, How? He says, magic. I'll find your weakness. Might take you a while. Hope you have nights free. Arm twisted behind her back, and he's like standing behind her, and he's tall enough to be able to lean his chin over her shoulder, yeah. which is insane. Like this man must be so tall. <laughs> he must be so fucking tall. And he and he like whispers in her ear, basically, he's like, "Might take a while. Hope you have nights free." And once again, if a man wrote this, every hair on my body would be standing on end and I would be so icked but it's actually very hot because <laughs> he's not like he's he's not trying to perv on her he like genuinely no. has like this interest in her where he's like no you seem really cool actually like yes I would love to continue dancing with you where they do beat the shit out of each other Yeah, like they are punching each other with the force that can like Jen. It looks like it would, like, break concrete. Jen's, like, clothes are, like, torn. Her hair is messed up. And he says, till next time, green eyes. After Reed reaches from off screen and grabs the thing that the guy had. Yeah. And he stretches and over. And then goes, he runs away. <laughs> Reed stretches in and goes, Jennifer, what are you doing here? She's like, I'm stopping your thief, Reed, obviously. But the thief gets away. They get the thing back, but the thief escapes. Yeah, then we get a very cool uh, little side story to uh, like commemorate uh, Jen's 175 issues. Uh, I cackled for every single page of this backup story. It's so this, good. If any of you have Marvel Unlimited, even if you don't read the rest of the She-Hulk story, look for specifically its... From like the Rainbow Rowl, it'll be listed as She-Hulk number twelve. Just read this backup. It it is so fucking funny. We'll gloss over it quickly, I guess. But like, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, all these people come to a party. Uh, they're doing a book club at Jan's apartment. Yep. Um, Jan is here wearing a very cool, very cool outfit. It is. Uh, got like these high waisted trousers and a uh, like a turtleneck, but like one of her arms is entirely out. Like it just doesn't cover one of her arms, but it's still a turtleneck. 
like a long sleeve black turtleneck. Honestly, if I had the balls and a pair of scissors, I could make this outfit out of things I have in my closet. Uh, I love it. It's so cool. Uh, and also Jan comes in with an army of waiters who have snacks. Which is upsetting to our dear Jen, who had put out what looks very, very like Trader Joe's onion dip. Yes. She, she is opening it. The package, the person who drew this had a bottle, like had a, had a tub of Trader Joe's dip in their fridge. And used that as an example. Uh, Jan and, also says uh, Jan, she's, uh, Vito, which is that she, <laughs> she eats almost exclusively meat, but only vegan issue, only vegan it, animals. Vigo, which is a portmanteau of vegan keto. And so she's keto, but only if the animals were vegan. So, so if the beef. chicken was vegan, if the cow was a vegan, she will eat it. The fucking hilarious bit. And and it comes up multiple times throughout this entire thing. One of them is because uh, the next person to walk over is Patsy Walker Hellcat, um, who shows up. Patsy looks very good. (laughs) Wow. Okay, I've discovered Marcus's type. It's cropped hoodies. You have not even begun to understand. You will in about two pages, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um, She brings wine. And uh, Jan is like, oh, I don't do wine anymore. I'm Vito. Patsy responds with, ugh, I could never be Vito. I can't give up sea bass. (laughs) (laughs) I know that all of these people are in New York, but that's the most Californian thing I've ever fucking heard in my life. Sue shows up uh, with Franklin and Valeria. And she's like, sorry, Jenna had to bring the kids. They're grounded, but the only way to enforce it is to take me with, take them with me everywhere I go. And the little thing for Franklin and Valeria says, Fantastic 4.1 and 4.2. Don't feel far- sorry for them. They know what they did. We never learn. They don't say, they say maybe one word, and they just sit in the corner looking at their phones with headphones on. And Jen is just like, well, they could participate in the book club. And, and Sue is just like, no. They can't. Um, and uh, then Misty and Colleen show up. Uh, when did Misty get a robot arm? Misty's had that on for a while. I don't read Defenders or <laughs> Avengers or Marvel Street, really. So, like, I'm very... The only Marvel Street I read is Daredevil sometimes. So, like, I'm very out of the loop as to what's going on with Misty Knight. But, like, they introduced her and I was just like, oh, Misty Knight. I know who Misty Knight is. And then I was like, Misty Knight has a robot arm? Mm-hmm. And is apparently... Dating a woman with a katana? No, that's Colleen. <laughs> oh my god, it is Colleen. <laughs> I mean, listen, we can Wild. Just, we can get into the subtext of what their relationship must fucking be like. But... They keep calling each other babe. Please tell me they're together. I here's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they've been Gary, do you know for a decade? <laughs> uh Gary might know. <laughs> Gary, if you know, you need to tell me. Gary is the who's the Tom Brevoort of this of this show, where it's just like, yeah, he just knows, he just knows. Shit. Well, he knows that he thinks about Iron Fist and people who are vaguely listen. related to Iron Fist. Um, and also Nova. If I ever have any questions about Nova, I will ask him. Uh, and she says, "Oh yeah, because um, Colleen just calls people babe. She calls Jen babe." 
on one of these pages. Mm. Okay, I really, they walked in and I was like, oh, they're dating. That's the vibe I got. <laughs> um, Immediately. Also, they both look great. Jen stands here, this, the pose, that which is like, can I get anyone anything? There's onion dip. This is like full muscle worship pose. Like bodybuilder shit. She looks... <laughs> It's she's jacked she's yes uh pro wrestlers wish they were her it's giving jade cargill um it also i would love this this book club actually looks like it would rock it looks like it's a fucking blast uh and so the doorbell rings and jen goes jan gets up to get it and she's like jan Please, I got it. And Volcana answers the door. I almost started barking in the, in my bedroom. I said, huh? <sighs> oh, so we've discovered your type. Okay. Listen, I know that not, the only one of you that I think that has ever. Well, I was about to say, it was the curly hair, wasn't it? Uh-huh. It was curly hair, <laughs> big hoops. I want you to understand, you guys have heard Shay's voice. You guys, have, I think the only ones who have ever seen her are Manny and Will. <laughs> so they know <laughs> they are aware this is exactly this is that's it <laughs> Rosenberg like yeah that's yep <laughs> Marsha Rosenberg Volcana way nicer than the name Volcana suggests also hysterically she comes in and, and uh Jen is like hey Marsha glad you could make it and every someone from the room yells is that Volcana and every like prepared to fight. So Wasp shrinks down to be real small. Misty Knight is ready to punch. And Sue has like the shields up. And Colleen has the, the katana. Patsy and Patsy Walker Hellcat is holding a bottle of wine by the neck of it. Like she's going to brain someone with it. <laughs> and uh, Jen's just like, guys, stand down. What is it? Guys, stand down. I invited Marsha. She's not facing any current charges. And she's a real bookworm. And Marsha says... I brought chicken lettuce wraps. <laughs> Jan responds with, you know, they were vegan chickens. <laughs> and Jen goes, maybe we should just talk about the book. And Jan goes, no spoilers. She says, no spoilers. Jan, it is book club. <laughs> She's like, I know, but I'm not quite done. Uh, Turns out no one finished the book but Jen. Colleen says it's no book of five rings. <laughs> she does not shut up about the book of five rings. Uh, um, Sue says, I found no. some, like they talk about the book or they try to anyway. Uh, and Jan keeps yelling spoilers from off panel. Every time they mention something, they're just like, oh, when that man murdered all of those people. And Jen's just yelling, spoiler. So here's the thing. This this page where Patsy is talking about uh, how hot she thinks the prince is, this is like what talking to anyone about a starian is like. <laughs> how dare you call me out? How dare, I, how dare you? <laughs> But no, uh, let me let me read what Patsy says about this. We don't get to know much about this book, but uh, she literally said, I suspended all my belief for the Shadow Prince. That dark hair, those, Jesus Christ, you're right. That dark hair, those red eyes. 
<laughs> Sue says, Patsy, he ate babies. <laughs> and Patsy's like, yeah, but those witches tried to eat him when he was a baby, so... And Sue says, how can you defend him, Patsy? And Patsy responds, Sue, I'm the best defender. Dude, I love Sue's face also, on this page. Patsy, face Patsy he page. ate babies. <laughs> Sue is, cr- like, I can't look at this page for too long because Sue's face cracks me up so much. <laughs> Honestly, my favorite line here of all of this is, Sue, I'm the best defender. And uh, Jen goes, I thought it was interesting at the end when the, and everyone else goes, spoilers. She's like, did anyone finish the book? Colleen finished the book. No, Misty. Misty finished the book. Not Colleen. (laughs) Misty's the only one raising her hand. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) Patsy says, to be fair, I wasn't going to read any of it, but then I got sucked in. And she said, for Khalid goes, for five years, I've been asking you to read the Book of Five Rings. I can get past the second ring. It's like poetry crossed with instructions for building a cabinet. He says, you have wounded me, babe. I am wounded. That's why I thought they were dating. Only people who've been in a relationship for five years will tell each other shit like that. These two have a interesting relationship because Misty was dating Danny Rand for years. Uh, That's a mistake. Colleen dated Cyclops for a while. Less of a mistake. Still a mistake. But not as bad of a mistake as dating Danny Rand. Scott did just one day stop calling her. (laughs) Oh my god. He is very good at that. So here's the thing. They start dating in that period where... um, Where Gene and the Beast think everyone else is dead and everyone else think that they're dead. With Lee Foster's hanging around. Yeah, with Lee. Uh, no, it's pre Lee Forrester. You know what? There are multiple times where everybody right. thinks the other part of the They're, team is dead. Because mm-hmm. Scott And I was thinking of a different one than you were thinking of. You're thinking of the time after the Phoenix Saga or the Dark Phoenix Saga when Scott's hanging out with Lee Forrester and Man Thing and just fucking walking the earth. Yes, I was thinking of that. You are correct. Um, and Versus the time where, like, they think they're all dead, but surprise, they're actually just in Japan. <laughs> yes, they're just hanging out in fucking Japan. With <laughs> because Chris Claremont cannot be stopped. Chris Cla- <laughs> Boy. You see, people th- are like, the X-Men were never about sexual fetishes. I saw your tweets. Oh, my God. that Some asshat is just like... Why are you adding sexual fetishes to the X-Men? And you responded with like, buddy, you've never read Chris Claremont. Because they're like, uh, they made Morph non-binary in this X-Men cartoon, which first of all, nobody gives a fuck about Morph. Who gives off? Morph existed for one episode of one TV show and like basically did not ever exist in the comics. Literally, no one gives a fuck about Morph. For two episodes, the first episode and then the fucking last one. I didn't even know he came back. Yeah. All I knew is that he died. <laughs> like, My, no one gives a fuck about Morph. favorite X-Man is Morph. I guarantee you there's one person on the planet whose favorite X-Man is Morph. They're, Mostly they're, because I feel like there's at least every every single person who's ever been an X-Man has at least one stand. You know what? There is that the account that's really a rubber made, so you're probably right. <laughs> like, uh, they're... 
I guarantee it. There's at least there's at least one. Which don't get me wrong, it's very fun as a comic book fan to pick your like favorite super duper fucking niche like character that you love seeing. My favorite, who has showed up for, I believe, a maximum of like four or five appearances, the drag queen, the drag queen, Crystal McCron. <laughs> There's a spoiler fun fact about her that I actually won't spoil because I do think everybody should read all of the books that she's in. Awesome. But there's there's a drag queen that only shows up in books written by Anthony Oliveira. Named Crystal McCall. Every time of he... Of course. Of course. Every time he gets to write something, there's some kind of scene that involves... There's, like, my drag brunch with Loki. There's the Wiccan and Hulk... Like, the Emperor Hulkling spinoff thing where they get married like there's he writes a but every time he writes thing crystal macron is there and she's a drag queen she's always like dressed like a different x-man and uh there's an actual reason why her name is crystal macron and uh it whips so anyway that's my favorite like stupid psychic character who showed up like four times but i'm obsessed with her that's awesome valeria so. asks for water uh she takes her fucking airpods out uh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, can I allowed to add, am I allowed a glass of water? Which is very I am named this because fucking Doctor Doom said so of her a way to say it. Um Yes, I'm a super genius who like is also kind of the protege of Doctor Doom a little bit, sort of, because Doctor Doom is obsessed with my mother. Also Doctor Doom might be my dad, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um It's okay, Franklin is like definitely Reed's son. <sighs> There's no way he's not. Yeah. Uh, and Jen goes, of course you, of course you. God, they ruined that character so much. We, Dan Slott. They fucked him up. I will see you with Dan a Sl- leg. Dan Slott, if I see you. <laughs> Dan Slott, I will, I know that I will see you in hell. <laughs> Please. I'll take a special trip to hell just to slap him. Dan Slott, Jerry Reinsdorf, Mark Davis. Scott Lebdell. <laughs> oh, so many, so many. Anyway, Beeps oh, I was about to say whoever wrote the new Fifty Two Teen Titans, but then I realized that wasn't back. Scott Lebdell. Scott Lebdell. <laughs> Scott Lebdell. When I see you, Be prepared, you better God. run. Put your hands up. <laughs> uh, anyway, the basic next plot of this, I don't think it's as interesting to like read out the specific panels. The basic gist is that She-Hulk goes to Jan and is just like, you are like taking over my party and you're treating me like a child. Like I live in your apartment and you show up with like your own caterers and your own things. You're trying to answer my door and like you're treating me like a kid. It's really annoying. And Jan is basically just like, hey, I'm trying to pay you back because I'm the one who convinced you to join the Avengers and it ruined your life. Um, if you hadn't been on the Avengers, you would probably be on the Supreme Court by now. And I am so sorry. And I'm trying to make it up to you. So would you like to have the apartment? And <laughs> She-Hulk is just like, you can't just give me an apartment. And Jan is like, oh, yes, I absolutely can just give you an apartment. Would you like the apartment? And She-Hulk's like, yeah, yeah, I really would. <laughs> I would really like the apartment, please. Yeah, it's it's a really good moment because this is... Hey, do you want a fucking perfect distillation of superhero comics, like in like a fucking single page? It's this. It's, hey, you have constantly prioritized everyone else over yourself your entire life. You have not allowed yourself to have a normal life because you bear the burden of being a hero. 
the great ability part of the great power. Yeah, it is the the great tragedy of superhero comics is this. And like they can't hold down a steady job in the very first issue of this series, like Jen runs into Titania in the street and this is before the fight club. This is what starts the fight club. Titania is just like, "Hey, I heard that you were back. I really want to punch you cuz I need to let off some steam." And Jen strips in the middle of like the New York City street. She like takes off her suit jacket and takes off her skirt and like hangs them up on a light post. And Titania's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And Jen is just like, "This is my only suit." Cuz she's like a normal human person at the time. She takes it off and then she gets real big, so like her shirt tears a little bit and her underwear stretches, but she's just like, that was my only suit. That is my only suit. I can't rip this. And like, she is down on her luck, doesn't even cover it. Like, she's fucked. And then she gets to move back into this apartment. She gets her glam wardrobe back. And like, it's just all about, just get, it's She-Hulk's getting her groove back. She's got a boyfriend that she can't fuck. Like, she's working on it. <laughs> uh, God, issue 13, I don't see the cover here. Like, it's not, like, the um, like the variant cover isn't here, but it has a Greg Land variant, which is probably fucked up. Why? <laughs> Why? Why do they still hire him? Uh, he gets the stuff done on time. Because he traces <laughs> because porn. He traces pornography. For the record, we are not exaggerating. I want to be very clear, <laughs> he's admitted this. In an interview, like he's in like, more than one interview, he it's a it's a known fact. He's been doing this since like oh five. Remember when he traced uh, is for an issue of Iron Man where like Tony's having like a heart attack or something? He traced that meme where the guy has a fucking heart attack. It's like an old man. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um, Greg Land used to be really good. Uh, if you go read the um, like the Nightwing stuff he worked on, it's really good. It's really really good. I barely believe you. It's it's incredible. And then he I only believe you because you're my friend. <laughs> and then he started phoning it in. <laughs> Truly literal porn. He was he did art on Nightwing around like it had to be like around 99 2000 and it's like fucking incredible. And then just was like, ah, "I don't care that much." Oh, that's like 5 years pre-porn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. It's like before he started doing it and then just one day just stopped get, gave up. Also, he's uh, he was the artist for like a couple X Men books, or at least one X Men book for a while. He's the reason that there's like, he's the reason the Dazzler looks insane for a while. He's that's the reason that um, Pixie gets weirdly aged up. Oh my god! It's literally because he started drawing the covers, and they're just like, we have to change in the script her age because like we can't say she's fifteen if she looks like this in the book. It's, it's because nightmare. that would be. A crime. Uh, you want to talk about artists doing crimes? Uh, read the '99 relaunch of Spider-Man. Every time Maddie Franklin shows up, it's like John Byrne should be in prison. John Byrne should be in prison. <laughs> like anyway, She-Hulk number thirteen or Legacy issues one seventy-six. Uh, yeah, this opens on what do they call it? Oh, eat cake in fancy dresses Wednesdays, which is yes. Where... They have a standing appointment every single Wednesday afternoon where Patsy Walker and Jennifer Walters eat cake in fancy dresses. Uh, I love it so much. Mad respect. I want an eat cake in fancy dresses Wednesday standing appointment. What I wouldn't give 
yeah, wonderful. It's pretty pretty good. Uh, it's a strong bit. It's a strong thing to just do. This um, is the second time it's come up in this book, and the last time it came up was like six issues ago. Yeah, so, so this, like it's recurring. They're like, we're gonna keep doing this because it's a, it's an easy way to get these two characters in a scene together. And to get them wearing fancy dresses. Yeah. This time they're wearing dresses that look like they're straight out of Bridgerton. They're Regency era with like an empire waist and like the boobs that are boobying. And it, is, uh, it, it literally looks like they're from Bridgerton. Um, yeah. And Patsy asks like, so how's Jack? Jen says she's he's fine she's fine he's all he's still charged up and giving you the rogue gambit treatment right which is hilarious which is other hysterical people know, other people know that happened that's really funny it's, it's so funny that Avengers know that happened it's funny that like Patsy I know Rogue was on it's funny Ultimate Avengers that Patsy knows it well Patsy's currently fucking Tony Stark and wasn't Tony Stark also on like the Ultimate what? Event no Ultimate Uncanny like Avengers? the Uncanny Avengers maybe no, no, the Uncanny no, Avengers he wasn't. team is, um, it's Cap, Wanda, uh, Rogue, Havoc, and a couple other people, but I don't think Tony was on it. At least not Maybe Cap one. tells Tony, and Tony tells Hellcat. Also, the fact that Patsy Walker is fucking Tony Stark, I can't- get married. <laughs> he proposes. I can't get over it. <laughs> of all the polls- that you could choose as a writer for like who should be fucking Tony Stark? Hellcat? <laughs> Patricia Walker? You know what? I'm I'm in the position of saying like good for her, but also like, girl, do you need help? I mean, yes. <laughs> she does, but not that bad. Anyway, she she can see right through Jen, and she's just like, "Are you seeing someone what you else? What do you mean he's fine? Are you seeing someone else?" And Jen has this flashback to apparently for weeks now she's been punching mystery guy who we still don't know anything about. She's been like having fights with mystery guy where they're like acrobatically. There's one where she's like got him like hammerlocked and is like pinning him up against something so hard that the that whatever it is is cracking. Like they are okay for anyone who has seen the uh, Netflix uh, Defenders series of TV shows, uh, not specifically the Defenders, but like this series. For anyone who has seen. The episode of Jessica Jones, where she meets Luke Cage, and they, and they realize that they are so str- He literally walks into her apartment when they realize that the other person is so strong. And he takes, like, a saw, because it's under construction, takes his shirt off and, like, puts it against his chest, and the saw breaks into pieces. And then they immediately start fucking so hard that they break every single piece of furniture she owns. And also, maybe they break part of the structural integrity of the apartment. Holy they, the She-Hulk and this that. random guy fight like that. Like, <laughs> they are breaking shit. It is sexy. But also, she does look angry all the time. Like, she looks like she really wants to kill him. But also, it is still very hot. Yeah, but also, she's... how could you have forgotten how much sex those two had in that show? No, no, I forgot about the thing with the saw. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's how he's he's just like, you can't hurt me. And she's like, no, I'm really strong. I will hurt you. And he literally takes a saw against his rock hard abs and she runs up to him and like force tackle him, tackles him and kisses him. Um, and then they have nasty sex. And then he finds out that she killed his wife. <laughs> yeah. And then that be, you know, that becomes a little damper on the relationship. But uh, up until he finds out and in her defense, she had no idea that she killed his wife. And um, also, life. it was Kilgrave's fault. <laughs> True. Uh, uh, but anyway, that show rocks, by the way. Yeah. People should definitely watch Jessica Jones uh, and also Daredevil. And I can't wait for them to make more Daredevil. I will come out of my MCU hibernation for more Daredevil. Uh, but guy goes to help fight. Jen up and she's like, you're helping me now. I don't want the music to stop. Which is insane. Where will we meet when this is all over? What are you building? She's like, what are you building? At this point, Green Eyes, I'm still in things just to see you. Well, I'm not here to see you. Are you sure? You always answer my calls. Also, he always calls her Green Eyes. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Jen then turns to Patsy. He's like, of course I'm not seeing anyone else. I mean... I'm seeing people. I'm seeing the Fantastic Four or something. <laughs> she like is not, very vague. Not beating the uh, polyamory uh, allegations. Not beating the cheating on your boyfriend allegations. This is not a poly- polyamory allegation. I no. do not think Jack Hartz would be okay with that. No, but I mean like the uh, I'm seeing that I'm helping the FF with something. Uh huh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not beating the hanging out right. playing board games with Reed and Sue allegations. I still can't believe he made his own goddamn board game. I can. I, I, I can't believe it took this long. I can, I can believe it, but also, like, I can't believe Sue's still married. <laughs> she must love that man so much she can put up with that. Uh, Jen oh turns her head and sees the dude walking past in a suit. Like, a baby blue suit, the same color as his, like, superhero suit. But it's, like... A button-down suit with the vest underneath and a tie and a boot and not a boutonniere up. What's the handkerchief? Yeah, pocket square. Thing. Thank uh, you. Vest. He's got. He's dressed. He's going out of the town. Uh, and so she, Jen gets up. She's like, "I have to go." Uh, and so Jen she calls out. Runs <laughs> in her heels and her <laughs> fancy dress. And he turns, and the panel on him says, this guy, a puzzle, a mystery, a thief who has been slipping through Jen's fingers night after night. Sometimes she wins, sometimes he wins, but he always gets away. And he says, sweetest- He calls her sweetest pea. <sighs> this dude wants to fuck her so bad. Also, she's like, what are you doing here? Why are you dressed like that? I didn't want to be underdressed for the occasion. What occasion? This one. And he offers her his arm. Turns out the this occasion is that he knows about uh, eating cakes and fancy dresses Wednesday. And he dressed up just to walk around town with her so that he wouldn't be underdressed because he knew she was going to be in a fancy dress. Like, that's why he's wearing a suit. Uh, yeah, she finally, like, she, he's like, I just, you know, you're going to get more out of a conversation with me than... Uh, you know, all this other shit. So she's like, okay, we're going to take a time out and talk. You're going to 
not you're not gonna lie to me. He says, I've never lied to you, green eyes. I'm not gonna start now. <laughs> he is he's beaming at her. She looks a little done with him, but he he looks like he's in love. Yeah. Uh she asks him, What's your name? He says, At home, Nicolas. Uh at work, the scoundrel. People call you the scoundrel? I asked them to. <laughs> Very convincing. I, I love that his name is literally the scoundrel. Capital T, capital S, the scoundrel. And, and I do love that. Ever forget it. I love that exchange. People call you the scoundrel? I asked them to. I'm very convincing. <laughs> She's like, are you a spy? Me? No. Got no interest in nationalism. A terrorist? Don't have the stomach for it. What are you then? You know, you know what I am. I'm a I'm thief. A thief. <laughs> this is very Remy of him. I almost said I'm, I'm a, a thief. thief. <laughs> I almost said it. <laughs> this dude's they D&D are Rogue class. and Gambit. Oh, so this dude's D&D class is thief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's he's the rogue, the roguest of rogues in the D and D sense, not yeah. God damn it, not in the X Men sense. And he says, "Can I ask you a question? Why didn't you ask? Why didn't you bring Hellcat to chase after me?" And she goes, "What?" And he says, "Yeah, that was Patsy, right? She's formidable. You guys would have had me outnumbered." She's like, I, I, "I mean, you're not Patsy's problem. Does that mean I'm yours?" <laughs> She's blushing for a hundred percent of it. That's such an insane. This dude, like, he has, he's all steel. Like, just no, no charisma score of twenty. His charisma stat just says, yeah, he got it. Like, no one even needs to do charisma checks on him anymore because you just know he's gonna pass them. You roll the charisma check. He has a plus six. It's like. You passed. He has a plus six and he has that feat where you can't roll anything lower than a ten. Plus six persuasion, plus six charisma. Uh, he just He He's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. Yeah. He, no one has been as suave as this guy. Yeah. He exists to be suave. He says, I'm almost done with my job, and when it's over. I won't have any excuse to see you. I want an excuse. Dude. (laughs) He's like, I want an excuse, Jennifer. May I call you Jennifer? She's like, no. And what do you mean when it's over? You can't believe that you're going to get away with this. He says, why not? Because the Fantastic Four will stop me? Yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that he's like, I mean, I assume you've called them, that you have a secret button in your bra or something. But if they show up, I'll get away. I'm going to keep getting away. I'm very, very good. The hysterical part? She did not call the Fantastic Four. She does not have a secret button in her bra. She didn't call anyone. She left Patsy at the, like, restaurant. She has no backup. She just saw this guy and ran after him. He says, she says, I think her timeout is over. He says, no, I'm tired of fighting you. I'm tired of only fighting you. I have other things to offer. Give me a chance to show you. And he's looking at her with his big brown eyes. She says no chance and starts taking her heels off, which is why you know it's like how you know it's going to go down. Anytime She-Hulk takes her shoes off, it's like, well, you're fucked. Uh, well, <laughs> go with God now. I know. And then he says, she says no chance and starts taking the shoes off. And he's like, life is short, She-Hulk, even for people like us. 
perhaps especially for people like us. And it's so difficult to make a true connection, to meet someone who feels real, actual, tangible. And he says, can you walk away from a connection like that? And she says, I'm going to punch you now. <sighs> not now, green eyes. <laughs> I'm not in the mood. And he reaches his hand up and a fucking helicarrier takes him away. Like, it was invisible. It, like, materializes. And she's so shocked. And he just, like, hooks into his belt. And just, like, like Mission Impossible style just, like, flies away. This dude is James Bond as shit. Like... Also, it's nuts. Also, one of the reasons why she's so attracted to him, which, this is me extrapolating, but, like, I'm aware of media tropes, is that... Like, she can't touch her boyfriend of, like, five months. She can't touch him at all. She's probably so horny. And instead of <laughs> having sex with her boyfriend every single night, basically, she she's having knock-out, like, drag-out, knock-down brawls Slobber with this knockers. dude. Like, he's so strong that she could punch him with everything she's got, and he's not going to die. And so the amount of physical contact that she has with this other dude, so high. She's touching this dude constantly, usually violently, but she's touching him. And then she goes home to, like, how does she even sleep in the same bed as Jack of Hearts? She mentions later that she, like, has a person to wake up to. How does she sleep in a bed with Jack of Hearts without accidentally touching him? Do they have to, like, put a wall of pillows in between them? How depressing is that? <laughs> so... That reminds me, uh, we've been watching The Almighty Johnsons, uh, which is a show I don't know if anybody else has watched. Um, like I have not. Like in our group of friends. Um, it is a show from New Zealand, I think. Um, Australia, New Zealand, um, that, you know, part of the world, uh, about a family that are uh, reincarnations of uh, Norse gods. Um, and one of them is Hod, the god of cold. <laughs> and no. so as a result, he's always cold. And so he's living with his girlfriend and he's got to sleep in. <laughs> he sleeps like basically fully dressed. He has like a hat and gloves on and sleeps in a sleeping bag in their bed. <laughs> So, like, he's sleeping next to her, but it's, like, it's just, like, a really funny, um, it's just, like, a really funny image where she's, like, sleeping, like, normal under the blanket, and he's, like, there bundled up like it's, like, it's a fucking snow day. That's my picture That's exactly is happening in She-Hulk's bed. Yeah. Like, he in a cocoon so he can't accidentally reach out and touch her. And she's just like, well, I do love this man, unfortunately. Kind of wish I didn't, but I do. Uh, uh, so She-Hulk makes it back to her office. Spider-Woman is here again. So <laughs> every long. every villain is different except for Vulture and Spider-Woman. Uh, fucking Wong is here. Oh, that's Wong? <laughs> yeah. I'm only familiar with MCU Wong. I can't recognize Wong in comics. Uh, Wong, Rocket Racer, uh, White Rabbit. Eight Ball. <laughs> and then Vulture and Spider-Woman. <laughs> also, by the way, if anyone here has not watched the She-Hulk TV show, I need you all to know that Wong is like a cameo <laughs> character in one of the episodes. 
And it's incredible. They even have a moment where She-Hulk turns to Cameron and is just like, I know all you want is more Wong. I know you're obsessed with Wong, but you're going to have to remember this is, in fact, my show. So we will be getting back to my plot now. Goodbye, Wong. And so Jen goes, she's like, hey, uh, give me a minute to change and then send in anyone except Rocket Racer because he can't call me when I came in. Uh, and so Mallory's Which, like, mood. I do relate to that. Mallory's like, like anyone but that guy. Yeah. Mallory goes like, Hey, what the fuck? You should, maybe you shouldn't have taken such a long lunch. And she's like, you know, I have a recurring Wednesday appointment. She's like, with who? <laughs> Lady Catherine de Berg. Oh my goodness. Uh, and she's, uh, Jen's trying to change and they're arguing back and forth. And she's like, Look, we can't manage this many clients. Either hire more attorneys or start saying no to people. And she's like, you the one who wanted me to take superhuman clients. I didn't mean every superhuman client. Oh, I'm sure you'd like to pick and choose. Only represent the good ones, as defined by you and your friends. She's like, I didn't fucking say that. <laughs> There's just too many people here. Yeah, I, I don't understand your change of hearts. When I started here, you said there would be no capes, no tights, no hoods. She's like, there's nothing to understand, Walters. I wanted to step away from superhuman law. I was tired of the high drama and the high risks. That it, that was a losing proposition. No one who want, no one wanted to work with an attorney who'd built her name defending the least defensible of the superabled. Then in you walked with all your friends and connections. I forgot that they're the lawyer for the entire country of Krakoa. <laughs> because... Like a couple issues ago, Nightcrawler showed up and was literally just like, hey, sometimes when we are. Oh, actually, the exact example he said is that um, uh, Cyclops couldn't renew his driver's license. <laughs> yeah, because we're <laughs> like because we're Krakoan citizens. So like and it's just like we we need a driver's license with, for when we're in the United States. Like, can you help us with that? And also, uh, originally, Jen was about to get fired. And because she wasn't bringing in any clients, and then she's like, Mallory, I booked Krakoa. And Mallory was like, the whole island? Oh. And she's like, yeah, all of them. And she was like, yes! She's like, I... She's like, look, there's money to be made in superhuman law, and I might as well be the one making it. She's like, no one wants the job, it's just you and me. Everyone who we turn away has nowhere else to go. Why is Spider-Woman here? <laughs> It's so funny that she's always here, but like, what the fuck is she up to? What is she what in is, trouble for? What is Jess doing that she could be in this much trouble that she is constantly here? Um, she's like, okay, well, I want to raise, and you need to stop booking me past six. And Wednesday after afternoons are sacrosanct. Whoa, what a mysterious edit that was. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to see here, there? folks. Just keep on walking. <laughs> This was definitely recorded the same day as the rest of that. Oh, absolutely. We totally did not stop for uh, nearly 24 hours. <laughs> In our defense, uh, we lost internet. Yeah, the connection. The call or something. <laughs> a minimum, a no fewer than three times. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, t'was a rough one, but... Um... Continuing, but we're we are determined to continue She-Hulk's story. We can't leave you all hanging on this this cliffhanger of this hot man escaped on a invisible spaceship, and then Jen had a tough conversation with her boss. Uh, Jen gets home, 
And uh, there is a weird, so I understand that this was like, the book is structured, so it's like Jen is taking off, we see Jen coming in and cha- like taking off her clothes because um, she's relaxing. But like, there is a weird shot, because like I left the book open here and came back. This shot that like lingers on her foot is really weird. <laughs> She takes her shoes off all the time. Like, yes. in every single one of these issues, anytime she goes anywhere, they always, like, even when she's going to go fight somebody in the street, the very first thing she does is kicks her shoes off. She kicks her shoes off constantly. And part of me thinks that, like, that's just, it's actually used for a really good comedy bit in the very first mm-hmm. uh, issue. But, like, part of me thinks, oh, this is just so she doesn't ruin her nice shoes. And then part of me thinks, like, this artist just got really good at drawing feet. And, but also, I think it's a signal of Jen really does not like to wear these goddamn shoes. Oh, no. No, she does not. <laughs> like, like, she's always wearing, like, professional pumps, like, all the time. She walks far around New York with those. Like, she does not keep spare shoes in a bag. I respect that so much. Even if she is invulnerable and, like, a superhero, even people with, like, invulnerable skin probably get bunions. Yeah. Right? The, the first thing she does when she comes in the door is like, get these get these fucking things off me. And then she puts her little radiation monitor on because Jack makes her wear it all the time because he's paranoid that it's going to drain her constantly. Okay, so what's weird is there's definitely an error on this page because she had yeah, it on in the first panel. And then they put in a panel of her putting it on. I have a feeling that they were drawn in a different order. Yes. And then re- reordered. Uh, but anyway, uh, she's like, she walks in. And she's like, oh, Jack, sorry I'm late. I had, well, the usual junk. And she's like, Jack? And he is sitting, he's floating in the living room. He's sitting cross-legged. Uh, he's got, like, pink power swirling all around him. His eyes are glowing. His hair is going all crazy. It's he's like, completely it's like he's, socked out. He does not even honestly, know to come in. This is a Doctor Strange pose if I've ever seen yes. one. Like, he cross, he's doing the Doctor Strange thing, and he has no idea she's here. Also, the description is uh, Jonathan Jack Hart, Jack of Hearts, can contain the power of a son in his chest, wears his heart on his sleeve. And his collar and his face. Yes, mostly his face, but I thought it was a cute intro. Uh, he goes, Jennifer, Jennifer. She says, uh, my radiation monitor is going haywire. She says, oh, yeah, sorry, that's me. I've been in bikini atoll all day. <laughs> Pretty he- cute up. He's just making it his mission to visit the most radioactive places on the planet and just hang out there and soak it all up and then go shoot it into Come space. Home and she's like, yeah, I uh, I was in Chernobyl. Yeah, and also, she brings up the very, very good point of like, okay, I am invulnerable to the radiation that you're emitting. That's fine. Like, you can't hurt me by you being juiced up, but also like, please don't fry my neighbors. He's like, no, like, no, no, no. The, the suit localizes it uh, pretty well. Okay. She also is... makes a funny joke where she goes to reheat some food and she's about to go put it in the microwave. She's like, I'm pretty sure I could probably just hand this to you for 15 seconds to heat up, but I'll use the microwave instead. I've been trying to think of who Jack looks like this whole time and it just clicked. He looks like fucking. Did you play Life is Strange? I did play Life is Strange. He looks Strange. like Warren. Which one was... I forgot anyone who wasn't the girls. <laughs> Max's friend who's really into her. The boy. Yes. <laughs> the dude who I ignored for the entire Go game eight. because I didn't like his vibe. 
I was literally like, I cannot overstate how much the entire time I was playing that game, I was just like shouting at my TV at that kid and just being like, your friend is a lesbian and she's just not that into you. But maybe, maybe I felt a little too personally connected to that one. There are... Life is Strange is a weird game because it's easier to count the straight characters in that game. Um, like, yeah, <laughs> it's like yep. Chloe's mom, David, the creepy teacher. The, maybe <laughs> we don't know that for sure. We, anyway, Life is Strange is a really, really good it's game. A really by game. the way, it got this, me into Jose this, Gonzalez's music. This is just a quick plug for that. I haven't played any of the sequels. I only played the one and it like emotionally got me so hard that I like could not continue. I didn't play the second one. I did play the, um, I also didn't play the prequel, the one with, with Rachel, but I did play before the, or not before the storm, um, true colors. And I really liked it. Um, gotcha. That one also, I do want to play the other ones at some point. That one also has a fun lesbian. So, (laughs) Oh, you're selling it. Okay. (laughs) I know. Listen, I know the words I have to say. To make you interested in a property. <laughs> in the same way that I uh, am probably at some point going to play Persona 3 because I heard Persona 3 is the gayest one mm. of all the Persona games. But anyway. Four it's very easy to convince me to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's really simple. You just uh, have to provide homosexuals and I will be there. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, a very, in uh, Life is Strange True Colors, there's also a very handsome uh, park ranger. And I was like, wow, this guy's pretty cool. Like, your your romance choices are a cool girl drummer and a handsome park ranger. I was like, wow, that's... A bisexual's dream. <laughs> it's like, that's, these are pretty good. Like, it's rare that a game will, like, I'll play a game where it's like, your choice is one or the other. Like, you have two choices, and I like both mm-hmm. of them. Uh, but... Yeah, I was like, yeah, these guys are pretty cool. <laughs> both of them both of them are pretty great, actually. And neither of them get weird about you dating the other, so. The reason I loved all the romance things in Hades is because if they had made me choose, honestly, it would have been tough. Mm-hmm. But they don't make you choose. They're just like, they're gods. They can have threesomes. <laughs> but these people all fuck each other. It's fine. Who, ca- who cares? Who? Literally, who cares? No one. <laughs> <laughs> it's ancient. That's Greece. another game where it's easier to list the straight people than the, the gay people. It's like, is it? Yeah, here's the thing. I it, there's there's not a lot. There's not a lot. Orpheus? Hades. <laughs> Orpheus probably <laughs> Hades. Uh, uh. Anyway. Did so. Dusa is a floating head. I don't know if she has a sexuality. Actually, no. She, she, you know what? She's obsessed with Zagreus. I take it back. But she doesn't. If you try to date her, she's not into it. Yeah, she just <laughs> wants to be. You know what? She could be Ace. That we don't know. We don't know. Anyway, play Hades. That game also rules. Play anything made by Supergiant. Play Quick plug Transistor. for the entire studio of play Supergiant. Play Transistor. I will. I know. <laughs> Uh, so, back back to She-Hulk. Uh, Jack goes, yo, there's nothing much to tell about my day. I spent most of it absorbing stuff. There is so much fucking radiation in, in the bikini doll. She's like, so yeah. you skipped class again? Yeah, I, uh, 
pretty much done with that. I think I'm, I missed my chance to be a college student. I'm too old and weird now. Jack's maybe 30. Which, as someone who was 28, if oh, I, I had I'm to spend, <laughs> I know, but if I had to spend multiple hours a day, every single day, taking classes with, like, taking poetry classes with 19-year-olds, oh, I don't. I don't know if I could do it. Like I could probably very easily take college classes now if I like really wanted to, even though I've already graduated, like if they were math or engineering or computer science or even an art class, I could handle like a drawing class or something, but a poetry class with people whose entire life experience includes (laughs) high school and like one year of college. Yeah. No. Uh, I too would want to instead hang out in a bottomless pit of radiation. I swear to God, did we lose the connection no, again? It, there was like a, a, like oh, you're a back. delay. Oh, but it was you're like, back. Yeah. There was like a delay, but it's fine. Um, okay. Th- here's my thing. Because now that I think about it, it's like, do you want to read poetry written by people born in 2004? No. <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean if if anybody is listening to this and you are younger than 28, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that you shouldn't write your own poetry. You should. I'm just saying that, outlet. like, I only want, you should, you should, but you should be in a class with, like, other 19-year-olds so that you can, <laughs> with your peers, so you can all work through it together so that you can learn and grow. I am, I'm just not at that point in my life anymore. Exactly. Like, I remember writing poetry as a teenager. It was unilaterally bad but the first step to making good art is making bad art so this is the definitely keep doing it but also like none of you will ever read my teenage poetry oh i burned it all i i I, like here's the thing it was so bad that i looked at it two years later i looked at stuff i wrote when i was 16 at 18 it was like no one can ever see this sometimes teens are just Going through it. Just trying stuff. There's no point in your life like your teenage years because it's the point in time where everyone expects you, expects nothing from you. And you're just. What kind of teenage years did you have? Huh? (laughs) What kind of teenage years did you have? I mean, like, nobody expects you to be, like, good at anything. That's not that's maybe the wrong you way. You and I had very different teenage experiences. I mean, nobody expects you to be good at like expressing yourself. Mm. No one has ever looked at like a 15 year old and been like, you need to be more emotionally articulate. What? <laughs> you do understand that is like a solid 30% of my life now. <laughs> Is going up to 15-year-olds and being like, I understand you don't have the tools on how to be more emotionally articulate, uh, more emotionally articulate, but I'm really going to need you to just tell me when you need to not be near other people, and that's fine. (laughs) But I need you to realize when you can't handle being near other people and go take a break instead of trying to power through because that makes it bad for all of us. But, like, the thing people expect when you're 15 is that, like, you're going to write a bunch of shitty, cringy poetry. You're going to listen yes. to a lot of cringy music. And you're going to be, like, 
Mom, you the teens are obsessed it. with Dua Lipa. Just as a as an update, the teens are obsessed with Dua Lipa. That's my that's my update from communing with the youths the other day. With the youths, that's, they they listened to exclusively Dua Lipa for an hour and ten minutes. That's nuts. That feels crazy. All of her songs sound the same to me now. Yep. Yeah, that'll do it. It was too much Dua Lipa. Um. Yeah, but like when you're when you're a teenager between. 13 and 19 that is like like here's the thing it's not a phase mom didn't become a trope like for nothing didn't get a trope for nothing yeah like that happened organically people didn't make that up because since since the dawn of like human civilization those years have been rough everybody because your body's just made of hormones and suddenly you have acne and you're mad all the time and you don't know why you're mad all the time. And also, you need to sleep so much more. But school starts so fucking early, and no one understands why it's so hard. <laughs> no one gets it. That's it, you know, you'll you'll come through clean. But when you're our age, you're not gonna want to be around people the age you are now. Yeah. Yeah. No. At, at least not as like peers. I can handle the teens because I am the teens' teacher, yes. not because I'm trying to befriend the teens. Like the teens are not my friends. Right. They're not. There's I, we have boundaries. <laughs> they don't get to know things about my life. <laughs> this is extending this sidebar. I used to work with this guy, uh, who was <clears throat> I, I guess he I guess he's 22 now, or he yeah he should be. But I, last year I worked with this guy who was 21 years old, like recently 21 at the time. And he would say things like the most 21 year old shit. And I'd go, Oh, this is what I used to sound like to people. Yeah. Um, I was at karaoke a couple weeks ago and it was somebody's 21st birthday and I, they announced it and I was like just in the audience and I must have viscerally reacted by like, Oh my God, a child. I think I said that out loud. And this dude who's, also starting to become a regular who's like been attempting to flirt with me on multiple occasions and i haven't yet had the opportunity to just be like buddy i'm a lesbian back off um which you is should. what i usually do it just it just hadn't come up yet but you should just it's come, gonna soon. go to karaoke with the flag on just like i have considered it um <laughs> anyway he, he's like oh my god and he turns to me and he's just like well you're not that much older than them. And I was just like, I looked at him dead in the eyes and I was like, how old do you think, do you I, think am? I am? I was like, how old do you think I am? And he looked me dead in the eyes and he said 23. And I almost cried. I was, I was like, no, turns out he's in college. That's why he's not picking up the vibe. No, that's why he's not picking up the vibe. That's also why I don't think I need to tell him I'm a lesbian because then I immediately made it very clear that I thought he was a child. And he was attempting to flirt with me. I was just like, buddy, I am 28. That is, too, like, you are too young. Like, go, like, no. You don't have a chance here. Like also, you, on one you. hand, <laughs> I'm kind of flattered, but on the other hand, I'm kind of offended that he thought that I was still in college based on everything about me and my mannerisms. Brother is swinging at pitches in the dirt. Just, <laughs> just hacking, just. Oh, my goodness. It, I love karaoke. 85% of the men at karaoke do not realize 
before speaking to me that I have absolutely no desire to speak to them. And the other 15% are gay. Pick up that I am also gay based on my song choices and come over and hang out with me. (laughs) You've mentioned the songs you pick at karaoke. I'm like, there's no way. (laughs) I change the pronouns of songs to be gayer. You got to lean even harder into it. You got to get up there and do like... What's like, what do you think is the most like lesbian song of all time? Because they're different for gay men and lesbians in terms of like. Well, but here's the thing: the scale even is if I, like. I'm trying to think like if I was trying to put I out a the vibe, Indigo Girls and got flirted with by a man immediately afterward. If if <laughs> I like if I were out there trying to put out a vibe, I'm like oh Luther Vandross, I guess. But that's just my brain going, who's, what's a gay artist? I can, who's the gayest artist I can think of on the top of my head? The, the thing is, you can't just pick an artist who is gay. You right. have to pick an artist that's like a gay icon. So like you could do a Kylie Minogue song and then like, boom, gay icon. Uh, you're, there are you're right specific, though, like, like she's not I, gay. Like, yeah, but I think if a man got up and sang a Kylie Minogue song, this is a crazy sidebar and I'm not, this train's not stopping. You guys know what you signed up for. Uh, This is the show. (laughs) Um, You saw that I was on this episode. (laughs) But yeah, if if a man sings a Kylie Minogue song, it means he's gay. If a woman sings a Kylie Minogue song, that doesn't necessarily mean she's a lesbian. like Kylie Minogue. Like, Like, hmm. it's hard to go the other way with it. If a man gets up and sings a Dua Lipa song. Yeah. And, like, it's so hard. I There's not much more I could do other than what I already do, which is I can tell usually within, like, half a second if a man is approaching me attempting to flirt with me or if a man is approaching me because he's a, a gay man who's a big fan of the fact that I just did Good Morning Baltimore from Hairspray. Um, <laughs> okay, that's the thing. Is you got to get up there and do something for, like, a musical. Like, you got to get up there. And I do. A, uh, all the time. I have a real good repertoire of a combination of Little Shop of Horrors and Cabaret and Hairspray. There's a lot of options that I have in my multiple karaoke playlists. So I have more than one. Anyway, what I normally do is I can tell that they're trying to flirt with me. I look them dead in the eyes and I say, I'm gay and I don't want to talk to you. And then usually they leave. (laughs) (laughs) And I've just gotten really good at saying that. I just... Sometimes I just say I don't want to talk to you if the vibe is weird enough that I don't want to say the first part. But usually I just say, like, I am gay and I don't want to talk to you. And then they'll go. And th- it works out great. It's so. pretty strong. I'm looking at – so I've mentioned on the show my uh, fucked up Jason Todd playlist. I say fucked up. my The inaccurate Jason Todd playlist. Did I tell you I made a Stephanie one? <laughs> no. I'm gonna, How much Taylor Swift is on it? D- d- so here's the thing, because I don't listen to Taylor Swift, not uh, much. <laughs> I don't think there is any. There is a lot of Paramore on it, though. You know what? That tracks. <laughs> like if you're trying to, if you're at karaoke trying to send out a vibe uh, that you are on some flavor of the rainbow, any Haley Williams song will do. Oh yeah, every time she sings about like jealousy of another girl, it's got big homoerotic undertones. But anyway, we are we are so off. Uh, the, fuck it, you know. The, the, here's the thing. They I know. Once again, <laughs> they're here for it. 
Uh, I told you I would somehow find a way to make this book gay. Uh, I told you. I told you. <laughs> Even though it's about, like, the straightest character. So here's the thing about She-Hulk. Despite the fact that she is, like, a seven-foot-tall uh, professional woman who is always wearing suits, extremely heterosexual character. Which I kind of love from the perspective of, like... I love it because I, I get the vibe from She-Hulk that she kind of just, like, wishes she wasn't into dudes sometimes. Yes, it's, she, she seems Through, like the kind of woman God, who the, would say something like, God, like a, I wish I a, could date a girl. Like Natasha Leone. Like yes. Natasha Leone. Lesbians love her. Yeah. And she's always just like, listen, I don't, unfortunately, I don't like women, but, like, kind of wish I did. Y'all are great. <laughs> as established on this this episode and other ones uh a woman with big hair and a husky voice brother that'll do it so i take it you have watched russian doll i have <laughs> yes also plugging russian doll wonderful show made me cry really good also it just it just slaps i, I won't explain anything else watch it yep uh Jack says, <laughs> I'm too old and weird now. Yeah. And uh, Jen says, well, you're not that weird. He says, I'm very weird. We both know it. He says, I'll give you quirky. He says, I'll give you quirky. Pal. <laughs> These are and nudging then they're nudging each other. each other with their feet. These two want to have sex so bad. They, it's been No, I got it. It has been months. The thing, though, that, like, I don't think I mentioned, I don't, I don't think I mentioned this yesterday, uh, or earlier. I don't think I mentioned this before. Um, Do not look behind the vibe, the vibe shift between the first 10 issues of this comic and the issues we're covering now. I cannot truly explain to all of you how pronounced the vibe shift between them is where like they were so flirty. The will they won't they stuff was really good. It was really hot. They were always like on the verge of making out. And then when they finally did, it was like really satisfying. And then for like four issues, it just became blah and nothing and like painful whenever they're in the same room, because it's like the, the there's obviously something is now different. Yes. It's, it's very different tension. And the tension is very much just like, they gonna, are, but they're not. Yes. I mean, like, they really want to fuck each other, but one of them is terrified to do it, and the other one is just like, I'm not actually that worried. Like, Jen is not that worried, she's even not, though she's, she's the like, one yeah, who's whatever. experienced. It's fine. We'll she's she's willing happens. to test the boundaries. Yeah. Even though she's the one who got hurt in the past, and, like, he's just unwilling to budge. And Jen is this close to asking Reed to make a dental dam out of his suit. Like, she is so... All she wants is physical affection, and, like, he can't give it to her. And as someone relatively recently single, where toward the end of that relationship it felt pretty similar, I re I relate. I get why she feels so shitty, because, like, she's going home all the time. She's like, I'm spending time with you, but, like, I want to touch you. And he's just like, no, you can't touch me. As someone who was is, who is in that situation five years ago, I get it. <laughs> yep I also get why that means that she's uh, flirting with uh... the scoundrel thank you <laughs> the scoundrel I was just gonna say the hot guy <laughs> mostly because it's the only physical touch she can get <sighs> they're fighting but like 
they're physically in each other's space. Breathing each other's air. Yeah. Bantering, arguing. He's very clearly into her and expressing that constantly. Yeah. And not in the sad poet way. In the, like, I'm a really hot, really capable guy kind of way. I will sweep you off your feet, literally and figuratively. (laughs) He's like, listen, you know, we both know what you're looking at. He's... Got the confidence, this is a weird pull, perhaps. He's got the confidence of John C. Riley's character in Step Brothers, except it's actually earned. <laughs> he doesn't need to sing about boats and hoes because he's got boats and hoes. Exactly. But, like, you, I, that's Step Brothers is fresh in my mind because I just watched it a couple weeks ago when he's like talking about so what are you going to do dad if I come out of the bathroom and Nancy's there looking at me I got a I got some serious do coming all the way from my from my chest pubes out of my ball throw she's already had the old bull maybe she wants to try the young calf Right, but he's it's completely unearned in Step Brothers. <laughs> but this guy actually is like got the juice. Oh my god, I haven't seen that movie in so long. The movie but... is still funny. Like it's like you would think it, it would age bad, but like, like everybody ran the scene into the ground where he's like, "Did you touch my drum set?" That's still really funny. It's still Ooh, really good. Ball his drum set. <laughs> it's still really no, good because uh... he comes in, he goes, "Why are you so sweaty?" <laughs> Was watching cops. Do you do you know another uh, John C. Riley and uh, Will Ferrell joint that you would think would age poorly, but actually ages so well? Hmm. Talladega Nights: The Ballad of Ricky yes. Bobby. You must hear me out on this one because listeners, you might immediately think, but there's so much homophobia. It's so cartoonish in the homophobia <laughs> that it does a full circle and it now becomes making fun of the people doing the homophobia. Like, like it's it's so it's so over the top. Like, Sarge Baron Cohen's just like my husband, and they're just like, sir, did you just say husband? And they like have like it looks like they're having seizures. They like twitch, like their brain short circuit. And I understand that in like what was it, two thousand three, two thousand four, the point of that was like gay people are funny, right? And now it's just so full circle that it's just like, oh, look at these little man babies. They can't handle a gay man. I mean, and to be fair, the joke in the movie is that Ricky Bobby is ridiculous. Oh yeah, the the joke. He is the joke. Is like, look at yeah. this guy. He's a crazy person. Clicky booby. Clicky booby. I've come for you to defeat me. <laughs> anyway, Jack goes, oh man, there's so much radiation. I'm floating. I don't know you're shooting into the sun. Um, and Jen goes, yeah, maybe you should. And he's just like, bye. <laughs> yeah. She sighs really heavy and goes, maybe you should do that before you throw up a mushroom cloud in my living room. And he goes, when I come back, you can tell me about your day. To be continued. And then we, the cover for the next issue feels crazy. Also, thankfully, because I actually think in terms of all the issue endings, that's the weakest one of the whole book so far. Very flat. But thankfully, in all these books, which I assume was like when they were printed, also had it. It says like next. And then it shows you preview of the cover without 
Like, so if I was reading this month to month and I had gotten there, I'd have been like, that's a flat issue. But then you would turn the page and there's the scoundrel pouring a glass of water? Coconut? Water, no, it's like coconut. water with lime. Cucumber and water? In it. Yeah, or pouring like cucumber water yeah. for She Hulk, like leaning over a fancy couch, touching her shoulder, and they're like smiling at each other. Like, uh, she is also looking stacked up on this cover like not to be she's crude, always looking stacked up but oh my god jen bartell yeah um <laughs> jen bartell our hero like, the hero of she hulk fans everywhere like goodness gracious oh i love it i love it so much so next up next issue which is what is it 14 14 yeah uh Back at in s- Girl Came Up at Part Four. Where? What is? This? They're not at the bar, the Baxter Building. They're not in Jen's office. It's so unclear where this room is. It's uh, a generic conference room. Yeah. The Fantastic Four are meeting, and Jen is there. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, uh, Reed goes, "Our databases don't show anything interesting for a scoundrel." And Johnny goes, "Yeah, that's a that's such a fake name." Sue makes the very valid point of, I mean, all our names sound fake when you first hear them. Uh, she's like. Yeah, I'm the Invisible Woman. Yeah. I'm the Invisible Woman and my husband, Mr. Fantastic, and our my brother, the Human Torch. And, and our friend, the Thing. The Thing. We're going to keep beating this drum. Ben arch, Grimm deserves better friends. Our arch nemesis, Dr. Doom. Don't you put any shade on Dr. Doom's name. I love Dr. Doom. It's it's It sounds like a fake name. It does sound like and a fake name, but... the funny thing is that it is his real name. <laughs> it is. It's like, in the, it's like an Infinity War where he's like, I'm Doctor Strange. He's like, oh, so we're using our fake names. I'm Spider-Man. Yes. And he's like, no, my that's my it name. Doctor Stephen Strange. I have a doctorate, like, Peter. Oh, I, have, I have an MD, <laughs> I, I'm child. A, I'm a surgeon, Peter. Uh, I love and, it. So Jen asks, so do you know what he could be doing with the components he stole? Reads, hey, uh, it's probably a bomb. He's probably building some sort of explosive. Jen goes, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the bomb type. Fucking Johnny. (laughs) And he's like, oh, he doesn't seem like the bomb type when he was gazing into your eyes and whispering scoundrel in your ear? This is the most Chris Evans Johnny has looked in a long time. Yes, but also, Johnny, you don't get to talk about flirting with other people on the job. Glass houses, stones. I, I read all those issues with Spider-Man in them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Dokken? I don't know a lot about the Fantastic Four, but I know that the Human Torch fucked Dokken. Here, here's the thing about Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm has that Matt Murdock thing where he's really into all of Peter's exes. Hmm. I wonder what could be the common denominator here. I wonder what could be driving that. I know what you are, Storm. I I know what you are, John Boy. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Goes, hey, rain it in. Also, the, look at how lo- Johnny's shirt here feels. I feel like an insane person looking at it because why is the collar so wide on this T-shirt? The only explanation I can think of is that the shirt is actually three sizes too small. And he has put it on and his muscles have stretched it on purpose so that he looks like that. Like it is. 
to show collarbone like at all times. Johnny Storm, professional slut. Yes. Once again, I know very little about Fantastic Four. I know that. He's <laughs> always fucking people. A lot of them men. They're just too cowardly to put it in a comic book. <laughs> Uh, Reed says, I think Johnny's saying what we're all thinking. Shotty goes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> he says, we can't. we can't ignore the fact this scoundrel. scoundrel. And then Johnny intercuts with the word scoundrel, but it's in like cursive <laughs> font. So it's like <laughs> scoundrel. Scoundrel. Uh, scoundrel. you out time and again, She-Hulk. The rest of us hardly saw him. He's like, you think he saw me as the weakest link? Uh, no, I don't think that at all. We just think he's interested in you. I love that she immediately goes for self-deprecation and the entire Fantastic Four are like, we don't think that you're the weakest link. We think he wants to fuck you. Also, like, girl, have some self-esteem. Look at you. I mean, and that's kind of the crux of like what's going on in this book is that Jen is always She-Hulk because she's more confident as She-Hulk. She feels like in the shots where she's just regular Jen, she not only is like physically smaller and make wearing clothes that make her look smaller because they hang so loose off her she like kind of retreats into herself yeah she hunches over she like doesn't have as good posture she's constantly like tucking hair behind her ear and like very very meek she hulk is always just like i am she hulk and i am here and i am powerful yeah which is one aspect i think they did do really good in the TV show. The TV show was better than I thought it was going to be. Just to throw that out there. I think there. it was I, exactly as good as I expected it to be. I, well, I saw the trailer and I was like, this is going to be bad. I, I thought it was going to The effects look bad. The effects, the effects did strange, look bad. But like, I watched, I watched that first trailer and went, oh, this is a sitcom. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, it, um, also, the side characters in that show really, really ah, stole the show. To Titania rocks. Madison. <laughs> Madison. With a Y, with two N's. Two N's and a Y, but not uh, where you think. think. <laughs> she, I want, she's hanging out with Wong now. I really legitimately deeply hope that the next time we see Wong, she's just in the background. I, I want Madison to be. I want cameo queen <laughs> Madison. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But anyway, uh, Jen then says like, oh, well, I have to be in court. I assume you'll call me if I can be of some use to you. You always do. Um, and Johnny's just like, are you really representing eight ball? And Jen says, it's a paternity case, Johnny. I'll represent you too. When you call Johnny storm has and so many bastards. He's <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, oh my God, is she implying that he's got kids out there? And then I realized that she's probably just saying, no, I'll represent you. If you in legal matters, if you need a lawyer. But the way she says it sounds so much like, when you want to fight for your kids, <laughs> call me. <laughs> it sounds like, Johnny, you don't even know how many little baby human torches there are flying around the world, do you? Jo- Johnny has more kids than, like, a fucking Baratheon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Probably not as many as Wolverine, but... Up there, in terms of the number of illegitimate children out of Marvel superheroes. Like, Johnny has fathered countless children across Madripoor. <laughs> and New York. And across New York, Madripoor, uh, Daytona Beach. Do other people live in the negative zone or just the Fantastic Four? Hard to say. 
Dude, if any place where people go on spring break, someone in each of those cities has gotten pregnant by Johnny Storm uh, at some point. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sturgis, you know. Miami. Miami, Daytona. uh, Nashville, potentially. (laughs) Johnny Storm is batting fucking a thousand in Nashville. Oh my God. He just needs to put on a cowboy hat and walk into any bar. It's like Johnny Storm doing karaoke at a country bar. He's doing like some, he's getting up there and doing like Folsom Prison Blues or something like that. Yeah. And just, just cleaning up, just, just, just breaking. Has, has his pick, has like 10 people walk up to him after his song and just be like with interest in going home and he just gets to pick the one he thinks is hottest. The one. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> it's spring break. <laughs> uh, so Ben walks over to, to Jen and he's like, hey, look, uh, just give me a minute. I want to talk to you. Nobody wants to embarrass you, you know. I know you you've been seeing someone you don't want us want to tell us about. It's not I mean, you're not seeing the scoundrel for Pete's sake, Ben. Scoundrel? All right, all right, I'm sorry. He's like, "All right, all right, I'm sorry." You're being so secretive lately. Uh, goodbye, Ben. You're still coming to fight Which... club tonight, right, Jenny? Right. <laughs> there's only There's only two reasons to ever get that taken aback when someone's like, hey, are you potentially dating this very specific dude? There's there's two valid reasons to have that specific reaction. Reason number one, you actually are interested in that person and you are being taken off guard with this question. <laughs> Reason number two, you know they're interested in you, but you are not interested in them. And you're like, oh no, is that what he's telling you? Mm-hmm. There's the only two reasons to freak out like that. Because other than that, the reaction would just be like, nah. No, dude. <laughs> like, no, dude. Like, no, we're not. But she, she looks... Or she's like, she looks a scoundrel. Like, how could stage. you? How could you think that I'm dating the scoundrel? And it's because all of the Fantastic Four have eyes. <laughs> it's like they just. Did you ever watch? It's Brooklyn a fair Nine question. Nine? I, I have watched Brooklyn. Nine. You remember in the episodes where Jake is like, when he comes back from being undercover, and Amy's still with Teddy, and everyone's like, "Hey, you know how you still have a thing for Amy?" And he goes, "What? No." <laughs> what like, what? No. no. <laughs> Amy. No, I was just about to say that. What? Yeah, what? Yeah. Or when people would go, hey, Amy, are you into Jake? And she's like, huh, what? Jake? It's exactly this reaction. It is exactly this reaction. Yeah, 1000%. Anyway, she leaves to go to court. Uh, apparently, 8-Ball wins his paternity case. Congratulations, 8-Ball. I don't know anything about you, 8-Ball. I don't even know whose villain you're a rogues gallery of. Uh, we come in and probably, uh, we come in and Mallory is tying Andy's hands with the bulk hustler. I, when I first read this, I missed the L in that. So I thought it was bulk huster. I thought it was like even more blatant, (laughs) not even bulk hustler. I thought it was just bulk huster instead of Hulk buster. I was like, stay on the, I'm going to pitch that at band practice for like a name for something. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So giant, uh, awesome Andy cannot break the bulk hustler. It's funny DM. that Andy wears shirts. Rope. 
Yeah, how does Andy Wager? It's just objectively funny that they put this robot who is massive uh, in like a shirt and tie. That's really funny. He's a paralegal. <laughs> it's... He's gotta. It's <laughs> it's important. I want to see what Casual Friday Andy looks like. You think Mallory allows Casual Fridays? I mean, we don't know. I think we do. <laughs> I think we know her vibe. Like, I think we knew she would never allow that. Where are you getting this shirt? They don't have this DXL. <laughs> I I want to know how much Jumbo Carnation gets paid to make clothing for superheroes. Like, can you just special order things online? Like you had to do a consultation. Jumbo doesn't like doesn't skimp. No, but like, who does she and make? gigantic size clothing for superheroes Which for the record they shouldn't because Shein is an immoral company that's like killing the planet but like screen protectors on there that's hilarious but you can buy like guitar cables on Shein there are so many things you can buy on Shein that you should not buy on Shein including 100% of the things sold on Shein but anyway it's like fun fact their clothing frequently has heavy metals in it sick they found like traces of like cobalt and shit in <laughs> Shein clothes. What the fuck are they making this shit out of? They, they... It's more what water are they washing it in? Uh, are they washing it in water from a mine? What the fuck? If it's like a super fucking industrial polluted river, then like maybe. Oh my god. Anyway, she had horribly it's immoral. It's where Cannonball's dad died. <laughs> that was a coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get her let's get her facts straight. It was a coal mine in Kentucky, okay? But also, God, what a fucking tragic backstory for a character. I just gotta say. Like Yeah, my dad damn. got down a mine and I have to raise all, all my siblings and I'm super conflicted about going off to be a superhero because it means that my sister will have to take care of the family now. And even before I found out I was a superhero, I had to go down in the mine and quit high school and call like i was gonna i was on track to go to college be the first person in my own entire family to ever go to college i had to drop all of that to go down into the mine with the co-workers of my father who now just see me as like a little mini version of him i get stuck in a cave-in and i discover my superpowers as i blast myself out of a mountain because i'm nigh invulnerable when i am blasting poor cannonball has gone through so much he died recently <laughs> yeah Remember when he was a lot of Star people <laughs> <laughs> no, because I did not read that Age of X Men, and I had no intention. It was Sam was immortal for a while. That was pretty cool. What the fuck was it? I don't read a lot of '90s X Men. I'm gonna be real honest. The vibe is just people, not. There are two people on that dead X Men team who are at one point immortal. <laughs> was the other one Dazzler? Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking Sam and and Dazzler. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the bulk hustler rope is now being proven to be extremely strong, and uh, this will be useful later. Yeah. When I was watching this, when I was reading this scene, all I could think of was like, this is the obligatory scene that shows that it actually works so that it can be used later. This yeah. is like. If it's like picking a up a power-up in a video game. This, I was like, you would see this go into her inventory. Yeah. This is like in a Metroidvania when you get a power-up and now you can access new areas. 
Like, congratulations, you've gotten the bulk hustler. You can now lasso whip across long chasms. Uh, so, uh, Chen says, we're not taking this client. I should turn him in for stealing government property. And Mallory says, well, now you're just being unethical. <laughs> it's like, I'll see you tomorrow. I have to go home and update my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Which, I'm amazed they said the actual words LinkedIn, just to be super clear. Yeah. Like, uh, it's 15 years same. ago, they would have made a fake LinkedIn. It would have been. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Marvel does this all the time. For um, they made a fake Tumblr and fake Instagram for uh, one of the Young Avengers runs. They called it Yambler. Creating fake Tumblr feels you don't got to do that. If there's anything you can just mention and nobody gives a shit, it's Tumblr. They don't fuck. It was 2014. Tumblr had just sold for like a billion dollars. Ah, true. So Yahoo cared. Yahoo cared a lot. <laughs> Yeah. See how that worked out for me? How's that investment working out for you, Yahoo? (laughs) You banned the porn, everyone left, and the people that remained decided to become ungovernable. Truly, they don't give a fuck. They do. They were the ads on Tumblr. If you if you've been on Tumblr recently, the ads are so fucking weird because no one will advertise on Tumblr because they are ungovernable. And they're they still get more like actual ads than Twitter does. Elon Musk took something beautiful, flawed, but fundamentally very. Talk about all these people. It's talking about everybody involved with this show that's was that's like, Twitter. <laughs> like, like half of how this show started. I met a bunch of fandom friends in like video game fan fiction communities through Twitter. I'm going to someone's wedding next October who I met exclusively through Twitter. It's dying. Some would say it's already dead. I'm not one of those people, but that's because I have Stockholm Syndrome. It, it is a shambling corpse. It is. I swear to God, if I get any more replies to say nudes in bio using only emojis, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Pussy in bio is such an insane thing that we're all just used to now. We just, we just, anytime, <laughs> anytime a hot woman likes my tweets, I block her instantly because I know she's not real. Also, they're the only people that like my tweets anymore because everyone's gone. <laughs> Great job, Musk. Brilliant habit, <laughs> sir. And he didn't even want to do it. He didn't even want to do it. That's the funniest part is that he just asked out of the billions of dollars. You stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> I hope. I hope he chokes on it. <laughs> oh. Oh, that! I hope you know what. I hope he gets one of those Neuralink implants and they don't fucking work and he fries his brain. Yeah, I'll say if he's really about it like that, he would say, "I will, t- I will test it on myself first. Tony Stark style. But Tony Stark is a better man than Elon Musk. And then we'll just simply see him at the crossroads. Bone, 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 bone. <clears throat> what you gonna do? <laughs> he's fucked. Uh, Jen gets home. Uh, she also tells Andy that he could do better, but also calls yes. him Andrew, which is hilarious. Yes. Uh, Jen gets home and calls out to Jack, uh, and then gets a call from an unknown caller. I would like to point out, Jen is definitely 
<laughs> Jen is definitely using a Samsung S23 Ultra. Which means that the artist probably owns a Samsung S23 Ultra and just had it on their desk. It's also a very easy phone to draw. Uh, draw a yes. rectangle. <laughs> I have a feeling that because of that, everyone has the same type of phone. It's literally rectangle. Yep. Screen. That's it. She goes, uh, she gets a call and it's Jack on the other line. She's like, when did you get a cell phone? He's a few days ago, but I kept draining the battery. I think I found the right pocket for it. My suit has several pockets. Well, that's good. He says, I can't have dinner tonight. I'm sorry. I'm going to be in the Marshall Islands for a while. She goes, oh, okay. He says, I'm working on something. She's like, are you working on soaking up radiation and shooting it into the sun? He says, um, that's definitely part of it. Well, that sounds productive. I hope so. Call me if you need me. And then her phone like, rings. I will. Again. She looks real kind of... Like, she literally... It's its one panel in between her phone ringing again. She's just, like, sad. She's alone. She looks depressed. She, like, holds her phone at her side. It dings again. She picks it up. It's another unknown caller. She looks so happy. She's like, Jack? And this scoundrel is like, no, not Jack. It's me. Who's Jack? <laughs> she goes, oh, you. She's like, where, where did you disappear to? He says, I don't know. I didn't disappear. I just stopped stealing things. I think you'd be happy about that. Why are you calling me? I wanted another dance. Forget it. Forget, forget it. it. I can't forget, forget it. it. Can you? He's like, All I want you from you is to know what you do. Plan to do with that government property you stole. He says, Fine. I'll tell you. You will. I'll tell you. Just meet me. I'll think about it. He says, No time to think. I'm already here. He says, you're here at my door? Not at the door. Not in the mood for games. This isn't a game. And he's outside walking. This dude is has got the fucking juice, man. He, he does. He, he's got the riz. He this is a obligatory sports reference. Um, do you remember? <laughs> have you ever seen the first Space Jam? The original one? Oh, God, I was so young. Okay. It was so long. I don't remember anything. Okay, so you don't remember at the end of the movie when Jordan shows back up on this uh, on the baseball field off the spaceship with I Believe no. I Can Fly playing? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm, I mean, like, I'm positive I've seen the movie, and I remember nothing from that movie. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, the, at the end of that movie, Michael Jordan arrives in time for his minor league baseball game. <laughs> For the plot of that movie. I guess doing baseball at the time. He's playing for the fucking Birmingham Barons. That's like a weird part of that movie is that it secretly takes place in Alabama. Really? Yes. Because I just assumed it was in California hot. because I assumed. Oh, well, I assumed it. No, I assumed it was in because the. I just associate the Looney Tunes with with California. like Hollywood. So yeah. At the time, because the Looney Tunes were there, I thought it was California, not because of him. So at the time, Michael Jordan is playing for the Birmingham Barons, who are the Double A affiliate of the Chicago White Sox. He, the first game or the baseball game we see him play is a home game, meaning the house that uh, that yeah. he gets driven to and dropped off at, unless unless somehow I'm supposed to believe. That fucking Newman, I don't remember what his name is in the movie, uh, but it's Newman from Seinfeld, uh, 
is flying with him back and forth between Chicago and Birmingham. This reminds me of how in um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, a very large chunk of it was filmed in Cleveland, Ohio. I still lived in Cleveland, Ohio at the time. I was a college student. And it was like a big deal when they were filming because they were shutting down a bunch of roads and it was causing a bunch of traffic. And like it was they had also filmed part part of the Avengers there. But there was a larger percentage of uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier was filmed in Cleveland than percentage of the first Avengers movie. So anyway, that movie comes out. Supposedly, all of the events of that movie are set in Washington, D.C. The problem with that is that I recognized every single Cleveland filming location. So they start out when there's like the on your left scene. They're definitely like next to the Washington Monument. Like they're definitely in D.C. And then later in the movie, they get into a car chase where Nick Fury is in a car chase. And they start out in D.C. and they're driving past all the recognizable things. And then it cuts and he's still in the car chase. But suddenly he's definitely in Cleveland. Like if you if you lit, if you've never been to Cleveland, you would have no idea. But if you grew up in Cleveland, you would be like, those are those concrete flower pots outside Playhouse Square. I know exactly where that is. And Nick Fury is now driving through this. So in my mind, because then they don't show D.C. for the rest of the film. They don't intercut back and forth. Like, they don't show it until, like, the very, very, very end. So for the, like, the, the, all the locations are Cleveland. So in, in my mind, I was like, ah, he was in an eight-hour-long car chase as he drove from Washington, D.C. to Cleveland, Ohio, where he crashed his car, and the rest of the movie takes place. S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters was filmed in an art museum one and a half blocks away from my freshman dorm. That's... I can't not see it. He crashes through this giant glass atrium and falls into this marble floor. And I was just like, that's. I, what? I was there two days ago. <laughs> I know where that like, is. I didn't even know they filmed it there. That's like all those movies like that used to be filmed in Toronto because it was just like mm-hmm. cheaper to film in Toronto and you can disguise. And it. now they're in Vancouver. Yeah. Now they're doing it in Vancouver, but they also did it for a while. Like a lot of the Marvel movies before that stage got built, the volume. The, anytime mm-hmm. they were doing location shoots, they were shooting them in Atlanta. Yeah. A lot. Like, they were shooting them in Atlanta or Cleveland because this like, is pre-everything being green screened. Nowadays, they would just put everybody on one of those fucking blue screens or one of those like that, crazy that LED, LED stages. Stage. Yeah. But instead, you actually have people on actually city, actual city streets because you just got to go to a city that doesn't have a lot going on but has some tall old buildings and just – they – We'll let you get out of so many taxes if you just bring a little bit of notor like a little bit of notice to that town. Austin, Texas, I think you could just film it for free. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Yeah. They would they would pay you. (laughs) They'd be like, just make sure. It's why everything's in Atlanta. You see so many movies at the very end, you see like the Georgia Peach, it's like filmed in Georgia. Yeah, because they fucking give you so many breaks if you film in Georgia. Uh, but uh, anyway, this looks like the scene at the end of Space Jam where Michael Jordan gets off the spaceship to go play in his minor league baseball game and probably go one for five. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the scoundrel holds out his hands. Scoundrel holds out his hand to try to get She-Hulk to come onto this spaceship with him. And she contemplates for a moment, then takes his hand, joins him, and he says, I didn't think you'd come. And she says, well, you did offer curbside service. Pause. And he says, is that a quip? Are you finally quipping with me? 
is this is a big step for us. Uh, I have a note. Uh, where he says, I didn't think you'd come. And I'd say, yeah, I bet you didn't, pal. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that he's literally like, was that a quip? You're quipping with me? He's this like, is oh, a big shit, step for us. Um, he says, like, I'm going to show you my ship. I never have guests. I never want He looks guests. like... He looks like he can't believe he's gotten this far. He truly, he's, he looks like he's just like, I didn't plan to get this far. And so I have no idea what to do next. The rest of this is just gravy. Like, it's, I thought, I, I thought she'd say no. It, uh, so he's like, welcome to my home. She's like, it's beautiful. Thank you. I stole it. You stole what? Everything. I steal everything. I'm a thief. We've gone <laughs> over this. Oh, it's also great. He's like, would you like some food? Are you hungry? There's cheese and wine from my hometown, actually. And sweets. I didn't know what you like, so I improvised. And she's like, you got wine from your hometown? She's like, you sell out snacks? You don't have minions for that? Like, no, I live alone. I work alone. It's just you and me here. I'm a thief. That's the only job I've ever had. She's like, I wouldn't call that a career. It's no and he's like, it's no things. smashing things. But it pays the but bills. But it pays the bills. What bills? What bills? You live in a spaceship. I know, right? And she's like, I'm an attorney. And he's like, She-Hulk, I beg you, tell me something about yourself that I can't read on Wikipedia. He puts on a and record. And he puts on a record. Yeah. There's a shot of Jen rolling her eyes at this that is so fucking funny. It's also, she takes her heels off because he wants to dance with her. She takes her heels off so that she can be even in the remote range of him being able to dance with her. Like, she would have been too tall if she kept the heels off. <laughs> and she's still much taller than him. But, like, he can actually reach her waist now. Yeah, and he's like, she's like, so why did you steal that uranium? He's like, why would I want uranium? She said, so you could build a bomb? Not really a bomb guy. She's like, I knew it. Who are you working for? The highest bidder, always. If you're such a great thief, why haven't I heard of you before? Because I'm really good. I do love that. Of all of all the ways to introduce a villain, like a, an antagonist. Yeah, yeah. Villain of all the ways to introduce villain strong. No, no, no. In, in rogue, a rogue, a, a, a antagonist. Rogue even. A dashing rogue. In for all the like subsets of ways to introduce them. The reason ever heard of me before is because I'm very good at my job. Honestly, incredible. Like I feel like when you introduce a new thief, you should never explain why they were never around, other than like, of course you didn't notice me. I was good. I recently watched the um first three Ocean's Eleven's movies mm -hmm. for the very first time, like a couple weeks ago, and in Ocean's Twelve they do that. <laughs> like, none of these guys have heard of the European thief, and he's like, yeah, because I'm good. Why would you have heard of me? Of course you don't know who the fuck I am. A, you're not in Europe, and B, I'm better than you. Those movies whip, by the way. Yeah, they're some of my mom. Like, those are, like, classic hanging out with my mom movies, because she just throw that shit on. Yeah. They're um, good to have in the background. He, so Incredible. He, uh, Jen asks, what's this then? Says, Do you really have to ask? So could you set aside the cross-examination for a moment? We both know you're, you're here because you want to be. Or do we both know? She-Hulk, you're 
you came here of your own accord. You're dancing with me because you want to, as has been the case every time we've met. Like, I tried to stop you, and he's like, valiantly to be sure, sure but you did it. So, what happens next? Like, she I says, we I... Ah, so we are. And she blushes. She's, she's they are purple here. They are so close to kissing. Like, it's it's not like one inch away, but this is, as uh, my high school drama teacher would describe it, called kissing or punching distance. When you were in a scene with someone, if you get up in their face this close, there are only two possible resolutions to the scene. Someone's getting kissed or someone's getting punched. This is kissing or punching distance. Like, uh, <laughs> that's the easiest way to describe it. Like, they need to leave some room for the Holy Ghost here. <laughs> like, w- word to uh, the Gaslight Anthem. Have mercy. <laughs> and then they get even closer. They don't kiss. Yeah. But, like, she then, like, leans over his shoulder and they're like, chest to chest and they're still dancing and she's chest like are you really chest, invulnerable yeah it's like are you really invulnerable and he says mm-hmm. is it really magic mm-hmm. how i stole something from a witch and made her promise to make me invulnerable what did you steal and he winks her heart <laughs> this fucking guy man <laughs> this guy. you know what i love him <laughs> i want to see more of him i mean i would assume he's gonna pop back up in in sensational He's gotta. He has to. Uh, and he says, you can't make a man with this much chemistry with your female lead and then just never use him again. Yeah, like, especially the way this gets resolved, where it's like, he's going to Wait, pop we'll back get there. Up. Yeah, yeah. But like, we'll- he's going to pop back up because there's no way you don't do something with, like, the fact that he and Jack don't meet, like, there's, yeah. that's... The, and he only barely up. knows who Jack is. He's yeah. just like, wait, who's Jack? On the phone. And then he never asks again. Yeah. And he says, it's true. You can ask her. Don't just don't tell her where to find me. And he, Which is very funny. It's just like, yeah, you can ask the witch that I stole her heart. But like, please do not tell her where I am. <laughs> do not send my GPS location. He twirls her and he says, Jennifer, may I call you Jennifer? No. Now this is a truly kissing or punching distance. There is so little space between their faces. But it's, may I call you Jennifer? No. She-Hulk. I've answered all your questions honestly. Just answer me one. Why are you here? I have a boyfriend. That isn't an answer. It's the truth. I have a boyfriend. It would astonish you how little I care. It wouldn't astonish me. Oh my god, they're so close. And and she's like, it wouldn't astonish me. You don't even see her eyes anymore. Their faces are so tight in this panel. Also, the artist does a really good job in this, in that there are a lot of really subtle variations in their facial expressions. Most notably, he goes from looking at her eyes to looking at her lips. Oh my god, yeah. It's like they drift along as as the page goes further and further down. Uh Uh-huh. Are looking and he goes from and he gets closer and closer to her. Like that's the thing; she doesn't move. Uh He gets closer, and like he's and you can tell because he's tilting his face up more. Like the angle of his face changes because he's trying to reach her, 
and he goes from smiling to like a more sexy kind of thing. And most most notably, he's no lo- longer looking at her eyes. Yeah. And it's it's good. Like th- this is really good chemistry. It uh, is. And she, so Jen says, uh, "Nicholas, can I call you Nicholas?" Yeah. He's like, "Absolutely." I want to make sure under my understand. You want me to hang out with you in your space yacht and drink your hometown wine? Yes. Yes. Well, I work as an attorney and an auxiliary avenger. Well, you do whatever you want. And you steal bomb parts. Is that right? Is that the scenario you're proposing? The bomb parts were a one-time thing. And I don't even wa- I'm not even working for Dropperg anymore. He pays me in his native currency, and I have to magic my way through a black hole to convert it into something useful. You stole bomb parts for an alien called Dropperg? Yeah. What's he blowing up? Manhattan. <laughs> you missed part of it. Manhattan, tonight, that's why I got you out of there. And then she screams at him. Why would you help someone blow up Manhattan? What do I care? I don't even like New York. Fuck the Mets. <laughs> he doesn't say fuck the Mets. But he no, does I say, I don't even like, he says, I don't even like New York. And she just face palms. And throws him out of the wall, throws him through a wall in his own ship. Just yeet, like, and that's the splash page that's the end of the issue. She just yeets him through a wall. This dude is wearing loafers and no socks. <laughs> He's European. Yeah, true. <laughs> his, his name's Nicholas with an accent over the second A. Or, uh, no, second. That's only one A. Yeah. There's an accent over the A. Nicholas. Like, <laughs> it's late. But, like, his name's Nicholas with an accent over the A. This man is European. Yeah. Uh, which brings us to issue 15 or Legacy issue 178, the final issue of this run. Uh, this Also, cover- really quick, in the, in the preview for the cover, this is... Very few people will care about this, but I care about this. In the preview of the cover that's, like, in issue 14 and not 15, she is wearing Louis Vuitton heels. You can, you can tell because, uh, not the Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton heels. Yeah. Uh, Louis Vuitton, because they have the very distinct red bottom of the sole. And I distinctly, I remember looking at this, and they work really well with the outfit because there's very little purple in this. It's mostly, like, a tan color, yeah, like a tan suit. It's like a it's, dark purple color. Yeah. It's great, but like I distinctly remember looking at that and being like, "Rizzling really nice shoes, Jen." And then I went to the very next issue; they had to recolor them purple. The shoes no longer have red bottoms; they have purple bottoms on the actual cover. And based on the print times, that means that like my thought is like, did somebody give the note that purple would fit her character more, or did Louboutin get mad? Well, here's the thing: (laughs) the cover I'm looking at, they're red. So I think they had to recolor them for the unlimited, um, like for like the digital. Gotcha. Because they're that's red entirely on possible on what I assume was the original cover. Because they're red in the preview that's at the end of issue fourteen, but they're purple in the, uh, like they're purple in the uh, one that's on Marvel Unlimited. Here, show that again, just so I can see it. Oh, they totally are. That's so... See? Also, for the record, only one of them is purple. They forgot to recolor the other one. But you can barely see the bottom of it. And so there's a very, very, very faint red line on the other shoe. So they forgot to fix the other shoe. Anyway, I noticed immediately. Because I turned the page and I was like, they're not red anymore. Why aren't they red anymore? 
one day I will own a pair of Louboutins, which is why I've noticed this. I have wanted a pair of these shoes for like 10 years, but they're also like $750 for a pair of shoes. Uh, and I can't justify that. But maybe one day. Maybe uh, one day. <laughs> the next issue does open with the members of the Punch Club getting their jackets. Luke and Danny are still here. <laughs> Luke does not have a jacket. This is the greatest tragedy to happen to Luke in a very long time. He is so upset that he didn't get a jacket because he's not a member of Punch Club because no one tagged him in. Danny does not care that he doesn't have a jacket. But he's like warning them. He's like, Luke is going to be upset about this for a very long time. Just heads up. The, the like, panel he's not- for Luke, it says Luke Cage, mayor of New York, wanted to be too cool for a jacket. Isn't... <clears throat> Danny Rand, Iron Fist, keeps getting dragged to these punch club meetings. And uh, Danny yells, is this a fight club or a fashion show? What are we waiting for? We don't start without Jenny. Yeah, Titania goes, where is Walters anyway? She's always showing up late and leaving early. I got other commitments too, you know? I manage them. I used to have a coworker like that. It just... <laughs> just like, how are you late and trying to leave early? Why, why work here? So we now cut to Indeed, somewhere in the clouds yeah, over Manhattan Bank says, oh, she's got some new boyfriend She's hiding Her head's in the clouds these days Indeed, somewhere in the clouds over Manhattan Thought you were different I'm beyond different, Green Eyes I'm one of a kind I'm a magically fortified super thief Who speaks four languages And I make you smile Not anymore This dude is... Also, really quick, something I love about this artist is that this dude has a different nose than anyone else in the book. Like, he has a unique face shape. Everybody, like, so many artists end up with same face problems. Yeah. And this this artist does not. Like, this guy has a unique nose. No one else has this nose. Uh, um, Jen then immediately headbutts him in that unique nose. Yes. Just... Give me a chance to explain... I'm giving you too many chances already and too much of my attention. And then she kicks him through a wall again. Or she kicks him really hard and he flies. She then tries to call Jack. He says, who because... are you calling? Your boyfriend? Yes. Really? I thought you'd call the Fantastic Four or the Avengers or the president. And she, she gets the answering machine, which says, you've reached Jack's phone. Jennifer, this must be you. The only You're the only one with this number. I'm always sorry to miss you, beautiful. Beep. That's so cute. <laughs> That's really cute. He, said, he is, he is a sweet soft boy. Number, so it must be you. Which means I missed you and I love you. Beautiful. Beep. <laughs> Jack, I need your help. Can you get to Central Park? There's a... Here's the thing. Jack is absolutely the right person to call in this case. Jack is absolutely the right person. They mentioned in the previous issue that he stole uranium. Yeah. To build a bomb. If you would like a nuclear bomb defusal, there is one man in the galaxy you should be calling, and it's your boyfriend. Human bomb, human nuclear waste disposal, Jack of Hearts. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so he grabs the phone, uh, Scoundrel does, and smashes it. He says, enough. I can't let you obstruct a client. No one's going to hire me if they hear I'm leaking their nefarious plans to She-Hulk. She's like, well, I can't let someone blow up New York. Let me land the ship. He's like, we're not landing. We're vacating the airspace over Manhattan as soon as possible. 
be rational. Even if you could defuse Dropper's bomb, you'd never be able to get past his interstellar horde. There's, There's an interstellar horde? That's why they called Dropper he of the horde. He's probably already got them down there scouting the perimeter. He's like, I can't believe I thought you were interesting. And, he's, and she's like smashing. And he's like, you're ruining And he's like, hey, you're ruining my fabulous space yacht. Do you know who he looks like? He looks like Bolin. Oh my god, he does look like Bolin. <gasps> okay, the only reason he looks like Bolin right now is because his, uh, actually, no, no, he always looks like Bolin. You're yeah, right, he looks like, like Bolin. It's clicking in my head the way his hair is. Otter Bolin. Yes. He's a little less round. He looks like you, he looks like Mako and Bolin did the fusion dance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she's like, oh, it isn't even yours, steal another one. And he's like, I will. You know, I thought you'd be, you know, I thought you'd be a little grateful. I got you out of there before the attack. She's like, you're demented. Why didn't I see that you're demented? I think you were distracted. I think you were distracted. <laughs> I didn't even know you. Whose fault is that? I was always trying to talk. She says, what's that? Well, that'll be the horde. <laughs> and then we're back to Punch Club. And Luke now says, this is hysterical. You never said the jackets were required to fight. I said the jackets were a, a show of commitment. Uh, and then Danny's just like, does anyone else hear a weird humming noise? <laughs> and then they're just like, that's, is that some sort of attacking horde? Yeah, and the thing says, that's yep, a horde if that's I've ever seen one. <laughs> and Luke's like, somebody lend me a jacket. Yeah. Also, they're just bug people. Yeah. These are never going to be important again. Nope. Uh, they are cool looking. Yeah. Uh, Back on the ship, Jen says, you're right. You did try to talk. Let's talk now. We have to stop this. I live down there. That city is my fabulous space yacht. So she's holding his face. She's like cupping his oh, cheek the entire tenderly time. Tenderly. Tenderly. his cheek. I think it's kind of like being a way to convince him to yeah. stop the attack. But also like. I don't know if I was Jack of Hearts. I'd be side-eyeing this interaction right now. What Jack doesn't see won't. <laughs> what Jack doesn't know, know won't hurt him. Jackie doesn't know. Also, she still hasn't told him about the time that Wanda brought back his body as a zombie still and used it to kill Ant-Man. It's been mentioned in, like, editor's notes in issues that we have not but covered that, like, she hasn't up. told him yet. She can't bring herself to tell him. She's just like, one day I'll have to tell him. And I'm like... That's one of the reasons why she didn't go to the Avengers and be like, Jack of Hearts is back, because then they would have told him. Yeah. Also, they don't want Tony to, like, make him go sit in an isolation chamber again. So, like, no one knows Jack... This is important, actually. No one knows Jack of Hearts is alive except for She-Hulk. And... Does Patsy know? I feel like she's told Patsy. Patsy, yes. Yeah. Patsy knows. Patsy ain't gonna snitch. No. Patsy's about to dump uh, Iron Man in about, like, 20 minutes, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Iron Maiden needs to go have sexual tension with Emma Frost. Here's the thing. Comes up every decade or so. Every decade. They're just like, when was the last time he had sexual tension with Emma Frost? The A decade? Emma it's Emma Frost is that she can have sexual tension with anything. Emma Frost could have sexual tension with a glass of lemonade. Yes, yes, she could. <laughs> yeah. Um... So She-Hulk is trying to convince the scoundrel not to do this. Also, he keeps calling her green eyes, which yeah. I love. Uh, and he's like, 
There's a stopping drop where green eyes. First comes the horde to keep all the U types busy and distracted. Then comes the bomb and the fountain. He's got a whole plan. And she's like, why? What does he have to? Revenge, maybe? I didn't ask for details. I don't like to get personal with clients. All the small talk, all the golf. (laughs) You'd really sell out the entire city? It's just just one one borough. I would understand if it was Staten Island, but (laughs) Manhattan, okay? says uh i never said because she goes all those people i never said that i cared about people i said i cared about you (laughs) which i think this is like a wonderful foil for uh she hulk is like he's so crazy about her specifically and they can touch and like it's it seems Great on paper, and then he's like, by the way, I actually do not care about the millions of people in New York right now. I don't give a fuck about them. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Singularly. Like, I'm getting you out of the blast of the nuclear bomb. I do not care about defusing the nuclear bomb. It's It makes him a really good foil for Jack, who also kind of singularly cares about Jen. When he gets out of, like, the thing that's holding him when he wakes up, all he can think about is Jen. Yeah. But he has made such a priority of her safety and the safety of the people around them that it's caused an actual detriment to their budding relationship. The reason Jack dies is because he absorbs too much radiation. He becomes unstable and he flies into space with the express purpose of like, he knows he's going to literally blow up and he wants to blow up somewhere that he's not going to hurt anybody. Like, like he's always alone and he always leaves because he actually does care about like the common man. Yeah. He cares so much about the people around them, around him, that he's willing to d- blow himself up for them. Yeah, which it's a trope I love. I love the self-sacrificing hero. I'm cur- <laughs> it's I'm currently rereading all the Percy Jackson books because the TV show was really good and reminded me that like I loved them as a teen. And I gra- got all my old copies from my mom's house, and I'm 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 like. I'm on this, I'm about to start the second book of the Heroes of Olympus series. So like I'm I'm in again. And so many characters in those books are like constantly self-sacrificing. It's like it's like a self-sacrificing contest where people are just like, no, I'll take the bullet for you. No, I'll take the bullet for you. No, I'll do this for you. No, I'll die for you. No, you can't die for me. I'm dying for you. It's all just that uh the Soulstone scene in um in Infinity War or in Endgame. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's absolutely that. Clint and Natasha are desperately trying to get the other to let them kill kill themselves. Yeah, they're they're, they're fighting each other to let themselves jump off of a cliff. (laughs) Which... A hilarious trope. Truly, you know what? That that was wild. That was butt wild. Nuts. That's that's kind of the thing that I think the, the newer ones are missing, is that, like, there's this sense of total desperation... In Infinity War and Endgame, yeah. Well, also, I think there's a lot of things that yeah, but it's like the MCU is missing. But of like, oh my god, let me do this. Like, if we don't do this, the universe will die. It's like if you don't let me fucking kill myself, we're all doomed. Yeah, and uh, Jen reaches, and then they totally undermine that by making a prequel Black Widow movie that comes out after that. If the Black Widow movie had simply come out before that film. Before Endgame. And then you had just never seen Natasha again. It would have meant so much more. But, like, I knew the Black Widow movie was coming out 
when she jumped off the cliff. Yeah, I, remember I didn't know, completely but I didn't confused. know it was a prequel. I was just like, what the fuck? What do no, you but I didn't know dead? it was a prequel. Yeah, because who? So I was like, I didn't know it was a prequel. So I was just like, you're going to do the comic book thing and bring her back. So like, why do I care about her which death? Which would way funnier. Which would have been way which, funnier. <laughs> which, but they didn't bring her back. Yeah. Instead, they were just like, she is totally dead, but now we have a prequel, which I, I don't know, I think, I think it fully undermines it. But I think they've done Black Widow dirty the entire series of MCU movies, so... I feel like they put her in those movies because they didn't want to cast Jan. Uh, I feel like they put her in those movies because they needed at least one woman! And they didn't want it to be Jan. Because Jan has baggage. Jan has baggage. Hell yeah. They would have been like, all of these people are going to keep talking about that time that her oh husband beat her. It would have been like a ticking and... time bomb till Hank slaps her. Like, Yeah. It... Anyway, it. imagine if we had gotten a Black Widow movie in phase two. Imagine Just imagine. A Black Widow movie in 2014. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Would the world be like if Captain Marvel didn't have to shoulder being the only like female led? Anyway. <laughs> I have different issues with Captain Marvel than other things. Most of it is a very good movie. Occasionally, it really irked me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jen. Pulls, remember the remember the bulk hustler hustler the bulk hustler from her pocket, and he says, like as she starts to tie it around. Nicholas's hand. Oh, this is hysterical. He goes, "Is that a rope? Only way a rope will hold me if I, is if I'm playing along." Very gay <clears> of him <throat> to say. Which very hot. Not gonna lie, he's just like implying, like, listen, if you do want to get kinky, I will go it's for it. Like, I won't. Okay with me, bro. baby. Let's get like, cracking. We're good. Eyes. And she's like, we're ah, good. Good talk. Bah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she. Uh, she ties his hands behind his back Slams and he's just like shit to the floor. Yeah. And she's like, it's not rope. It's the bulk hustler. And he says, like from Shark Tank. <laughs> so I hope your space yacht crashes into a mountain. She Hulk, wait, let's take a time out. And then she picks up a pillar, breaks open the wall, jumps out. Somehow. Just. Somehow the impact of this fall does not just like smoke the heels off her shoes. Um, when do you see that she still has shoes? Oh my god! Done. <laughs> she runs past. Um, yeah, she jumps Mary from like. Marcia. She's still got her fucking shoes on. She does. Also, the Punch Club is fighting the Horde. Yep, that's a it's a Horde. If you ever seen one. Titania has a and, large rock above her head that she is about to use to smash an alien in the back of the head with. And Luke Cage says, did you invite an alien horde to Punch Club or is this for real? And Danny goes, if they get jackets before Luke, he's going to lose his mind. And worth noting, and, Danny is not even Iron Fist anymore. He's just a dude who knows karate. <laughs> <laughs> Danny's not had his powers for years. I didn't know that he's just hitting them. <laughs> These are just regular punches. Because everybody else has super strength, and nope. then Danny is just like. Danny's just really good at kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so the thing finally stops her, 
says, Jenny, you and your fist get here just in time. These jacked up Bambies have surrounded the park. And he says, Ben, there's a bomb in the park. We have to find it. A bomb? Where? I don't know. In a fountain? Which fountain? Ben, I don't know. <laughs> what do we do if we find it? I don't know that either. Maybe we should go back to the horde and let Reed handle this bomb. There's no time, Ben. Boom. And then Jack of Hearts. Jennifer. And he's introduced as Jonathan Jack. Jack of Hearts. Recently dead. Sorry, Jonathan Jack Hart. Jack of Hearts. Recently dead. More recently depressed. Jen's secret boyfriend. God. God, this is very Marcus in 2020 coded. <laughs> What? Recently depressed secret boyfriend? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, he's 2020 like <laughs> was like that, yeah. But she's thrilled to see him. She's like, Jack! He says, get back, get away. I'm picking up a nuclear radiation here. I think there's a... And the bomb goes off. Jack absorbs it. He just, like, sucks it all into his chest. And all of it. They talk. She's like, are you okay? You came. <laughs> he hate that. I know. He's like, I got your message. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just uh, pretty juiced up at the moment. And the bomb? Not much of a bomb anymore. More of a box. You're amazing. Do you know that? You're astonishing. Nah, one trick pony. It's a pretty impressive trick. And then this part... Here, I'll be She-Hulk. I guess you have to go shoot all that into the sun now. Yeah, he's like, uh, Chen, I can't absorb another rad of energy. I'm completely full. I get it. Off to space with you. No, I mean, I don't think I could absorb a single wave. And he's stepping closer and she's like, okay. He says, let me. And he kisses her. He is floating. <laughs> Because so then he's waiting. tall enough. <laughs> Which is very funny. Because they zoom out so you can see that like his feet are a <laughs> foot off the ground. It looks like he asked her for uppies. <laughs> he's so small in comparison to her. Like he's an average height man. <laughs> he's a normal guy and he's so tiny. And they make out and nothing bad happens to her. And he says... I was hoping that would work. Now I'm going to fly into the sun. But I'm working on this, Jennifer. I got a plan. And flies, okay. <laughs> flies off into space. And <laughs> Jen stands there and looks. Titania walks up and says, holy crap, Walters. You sure like him weird. Was that, uh, was that Jack of Hearts? Yeah. Isn't he dead? <laughs> Not exactly. The <laughs> end. For now. So this is where the book gets renamed. Book gets retitled as Sensational She-Hulk, starting with issue one. Um, and it just picks. And issue one, it picks right back up. Yeah. One of the earliest scenes in issue one of Sensational She-Hulk is, uh, She-Hulk and Jack making out, and uh, he like making out against a wall and he like has one hand on the wall and then he moves his hand and he's like burned his fingerprints into the wall because he's like too radioactive. And he's like, I don't want to fry your neighbors. And she's like, eh, that unit's empty. Like that. 
<laughs> they can kiss again, but yeah. only in very, 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 very specific circumstances. And also, I'm pretty sure if he, like, loses control, he would explode. Yeah. So they can kiss, but I don't know if sex is on the table. Yeah, so it's a good way to, like, reintroduce the tension back into it so that you can have, like, the soap opera stuff with them. Yeah, because it was, not going to lie, with this part of the story, once we got to this, I was a little depressed. Because, like, the book was so good. I was a little depressed when we got to this story because I was like, oh, the tension between them is gone because it felt like it was an answered question. And I, I was just waiting for them to break up. Yeah. Like, I was waiting all five of these issues for her to break up with Jack and get with the scoundrel. Or at least just break up with Jack. Yeah. And then at the very last minute, it turns it on its head. And it's just like, no surprise. If I'm, like, super full of radiation, we can make out and you don't die. Yes. And you also don't turn into a crazy Hulk that kills all the people in Idaho or something. Yeah. Like, it's a good way to, like, when you've answered the questions of, when you've answered the questions that have, like, made everything interesting, you have to ask new questions. It's yeah. not just, like, okay, what if we, what's a new way we can ask this same question? So, before it was, like, okay, what does Jack not having his powers mean? And how does this... Yeah. What can these two be in a relationship? And then you answer that question. Yeah, they can. But then it becomes, how does it change when Jack has his powers? What does it mean for him to have them? How does that affect their relationship? And it's like, it drains a lot of like the joy out of it for, for Jen and kind of leads her in these other directions. And they did for four months. Yeah. That's a long time to have a significant other that you don't even hold hands with. Yeah, especially one that lives in your house. Like, yeah, I I don't know about She-Hulk. I would feel so unloved. Yeah, and like, it's a weird situation because she knows how he feels and knows he yeah. would like to express it, but is so worried for his for her safety that he can't it, – it's very Rogue and Gambit. Um, and it's like, very Rogue and Gambit. pointed out. They literally – Patsy is just like, yeah, so that's the Rogue and Gambit thing going. Like, Yeah. But, even, so. but at least with Rogue, you know the answer to the question. She cannot touch him or he'll die. Yeah. Jack spends a lot of time off page going, okay – what does it mean if I push my limit? If I push my limit on how much I can absorb, do I risk absorbing any of hers? And like, we don't see him doing that, but that's what he's talking yeah. about when she, uh, when she says, or when he says, I'm figuring some stuff out. And she's like, is that stuff absorbing a bunch of radiation? He's kind of. Yeah. That's why he's going to those super, he just needs to keep hanging out like in Chernobyl. Yeah. My fear is that I wonder if he's going to run out of radiation on Earth to absorb. If he's absorbing this much. Like, granted, he never said he cleaned up any of those places. He, he just said, said he absorbed so a bunch of radiation. so much there that, like, it'll never be clean. He didn't say never. But it would which be, is my take thought. a long time. Like, I'm, my worry for them is, like, what if he keeps going back? Like, what if he goes back to Chernobyl, like, five times, and then, boom, Chernobyl's fixed? Like, <laughs> What if he fixes Chernobyl that he doesn't have it anymore? I'm worried they have a limited number of makeout sessions remaining. Yeah. But. And so that's, that becomes the tension. You know, you, 
you can't just keep asking the same question and you can't just use the same things for tension. Um, like I'm working on something. I'm working on the next splash pages, which required me to read a lot of old Spider-Man. And for like, for like a decade, they ask the question of can, you know, they've been asking it since the nineties. Can Peter and Mary Jane have a normal relationship? And they've been answering that question in the next breath, no, since at least 1992. Poor Spider-Man. Cursed to always try. <laughs> Cursed to always try. Like, he has just enough, like, Marvel smart guy arrogance to believe that he can do it. Yeah. Like, it, it, also, a, a dumber character wouldn't keep trying it. <laughs> but also, it's like, I think that's also part of why people love Spider-Man, because if he ever stopped trying, if he ever stopped caring, would he be, be Spider-Man? No, he'd be a different guy. Yeah. So, in summary, I really like the She-Hulk book. I was kind of worried that I would... Oh, uh, I really like the She-Hulk book. I was worried that um, I was going to need to know a lot of things about She-Hulk in order to enjoy it. I did not. It's a very good jumping on point. It's a very good jumping on point. Uh, it's a very, like, I realized, like, oh, I've only ever read, like, a couple issues of the Burn stuff, and that's it. It makes me want to go back and read the original run of She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to read a bunch of Fantastic Four shit now, which is weird. That's, the, that's going too far. The <laughs> era that she's, like, on the book, specifically. I want to know what that dynamic is like. Uh, um, I'm good. Just tell you. You tell me how it is. <laughs> I will. Uh, I can't handle that much Reed Richards. To, he, I can't. It's too much. To okay. all of you who have joined us for the last couple hours or days even, <laughs> the, thank you for hanging out. Uh, hopefully the technical difficulties are not too much to listen to. Hopefully future me does a good job at editing all that bullshit out. Uh, you can follow the show on the Dying Platform the shambling husk known as X or Twitter. It's Twitter. It's Twitter. It's its real name. Fuck off. We refuse to call it X. Mama named him Twitter. I'm calling him Twitter. Uh, <laughs> follow the show at MCF MF pod. You can follow us on Instagram at MCMF pod. Uh, you can follow me at Zahili on Twitter spelled Z A H E E L E E. Uh, I'm also that anywhere. Internets are sold. <laughs> Uh, we will be back for issue or issue. Fuck it. Episode 50. Uh, sometime in March. Oh, that's exciting. 50. Holy shit. 50 episodes of the show. Uh, and a lot of these. If you had told me when I started this show two and a half years ago that, uh, we'll still be doing it in 2024. Um, and that, We'd hit 50 episodes. I don't know if I'd believe you because I was very bad at uh, keeping up with projects when the show started. Uh, so it is astonishing that we've gotten this far. Um, thank you, Jesse, for, uh, thank you, Marcus. for hanging out. Um, and until next time, everyone, we will catch you later. Bye. Here we go.